does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. I thought for sure, I thought for certain just for you, Jimmy Cook, we are three months and 18 days from Christmas, right? Yep. But I thought for certain, because of the shirt you're wearing today, because of what's coming tonight, I thought for certain we would start the show with Andy Williams today. But Eddie Garrison probably used his better judgment in overruling that of songs that were hits in the 1950s, right? See, I thought you meant as in coming back from next break, not uh, no, baby. here. We got, we got to open it up this way. Okay. I mean, it's Thursday. Kick the tires and light the fires, do Eddie. Have, Come do on you have now. it, Eddie? I do. Would you like it? Fire it up, baby. Fire it up. Just for you, Jimmy. Woo! Does this does put you in a good mood, doesn't it? Eddie, you should, folks should see the smile on Eddie Garrison's face. Eddie, typically one aspirin from a coma, just lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, good afternoon to you on a Thursday. NFL Thursday underway tonight. Kansas City Chiefs, Detroit Lions, getting things underway. Jimmy Cook is wearing his Kansas City Chiefs. Is that like an official Super Bowl T-shirt? Because I got to be honest with you, that it's not. It's not that it's a bad looking T-shirt, but it's just very like vanilla looking for an official right. championship t-shirt uh, there's a number of chiefs merch shockingly that i purchased after the super bowl that victory. doesn't look official though it is it's a nike one the, the top nike. really because the, the, the super bowl logo in the top left there looks like it might have been stenciled in by a guy in a van i would agree that was <laughs> my one I mean? knock on the right. placement of the super bowl logo that it does not look legit uh no this was from nike.com i didn't wear the official championship t-shirt here but i also didn't want to fully be glowing like the flying tomato I usually am on game days. If you want that experience, I will sprint to the car during the break. The jersey's there, the t-shirt's there, the red gym shorts are there. I can go full on Chiefs mode if you want to open the show. I just thought that might be a little overwhelming for both our audience as well as you, Eddie, and Kurt. Okay, for those that are unfamiliar, and I, I can't imagine that there are those that are not, but for those that are, Jimmy Cook. Yeah. Explain again your the genesis of your fandom of the Kansas City Chiefs. As quick as I can, my brother is from my dad's first marriage. Both okay. my parents have passed away. My obviously my half brother's parents passed away. His mom and then my mom subsequently. So there's a big age gap. We're talking thirty years here with most of my brothers and sisters. My brother Bob, who was that the closest to you in age? No, my brother Tim is the closest okay. to me in age. Uh, Bob is the, the middle of the brothers, but okay. he became a Chiefs fan because my dad had gone to go see the Super Bowl champions against the college All-Stars, which was played at Soldier Field, and he brought by a program, and the team that had played the college All-Stars in that game was the Kansas City Chiefs, who had won it in 1969. He brought back the program. Bob just became obsessed with it, dove into it, and he was hooked, and he started a Chiefs fandom of generations passed down so see, to my generation. Here, here's why I say it. Sure. And I'm, I appreciate you telling that story. Before the, the Colts came to town, by the way. Well, the reason Obviously. the reason I pointed out is this. You came by it organically. Yeah. You came by it organically and genetically. 
so it's different than oh man like when they drafted pat mahomes i, I wanted to see what he could do and so i became a fan and bought a t-shirt brody so, croyle damon heward trent green even though shouted iu i do love trent green matt castle a, a lot of pain throughout my childhood so yes it wasn't a late of day when they did take Mahomes, but that was not when the fandom started. It was well before that. Uh, when I was a freshman in college, University of Kansas, I was in a fraternity, and the actives of the fraternity had this brilliant idea that they were going to make a bunch of money for like a party or whatnot by having the pledges, which would be me and 31 other guys, um, be part of the cleaning crew at Arrowhead Stadium after a Chiefs game. Okay. So the big selling point was we got in free to the Chiefs game. Nice. So we went to the Chiefs-Raiders game in the fall of 1991, Um I remember that I still, you know, Chiefs and Chopper, Chiefs and Chopper. Chopper's the grocery store there. They run the ads for it like every single time out. And we were all excited to watch the game. The Kansas City Chiefs and Arrowhead is fabulous. You've been to Arrowhead, right? Majestic. I mean, yes. it's it's as good as there is in the NFL. I will put it up to par, particularly now at the height of their powers. Playoff atmosphere, as good as anything I've ever it's experienced great. in sports. I mean, the, the whole Truman Sports Complex, because it's just, there's a stadium and then just, you know, literally like... You know, Those rare moments when you have Royals significant baseball games and Chiefs Monday night games are ecstasy if you live in Kansas two, City because it's all in the same parking lot. Two stadiums connected underground yep. by a tunnel, by yep. the way. Um, and you know, a lot of people don't realize this. The stadium complex is actually on the Missouri side. The parking lot where they tailgate is the size of Rhode Island. Yes. So you know, you have three states that come <laughs> into play here. But we so we decide, okay, great, this is fun. We're going to go to the game and we're going to watch it and we're going to root for the Chiefs, you know. And of course, all the guys that I went to college with were all Chiefs fans because most of them were from the Kansas City area. Then the game ends and they hand us brooms and trash bags, and we're like, okay, well, we're obviously part of a cleaning crew of a thousand or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 it's just you guys. Thirty-two of us, seventy-two thousand seats. <laughs> How so long? We, uh, well, great question, Jimmy. It was a day game, and I don't remember exactly what time it was, but after one of the guys had actually broken into Marty Schottenheimer's office and used the bathroom, um, <laughs> I mean, in, in the bathroom, granted, uh, we then we had the great broom revolt of 1991 where I decided to see how far I could throw my broom from the top level. That's awesome. Um, landed it just shy of the field, and then 31 other brooms flew, and we're like, we're out of here. And we quit. We weren't, you know, we just left. <laughs> Trash bags everywhere. We just left. I I'm missed this at the beginning. This was volunteer. Yes. Or this was compensation. I, I think they, the, the fraternity house was supposed to get like $20 a guy or All something. All right. Okay. And so we, we just left. And then I don't even remember how we got back to the fraternity house. And we thought for sure that we were in huge trouble. And when we got back, all of the older guys were like, what took you guys so long? We figured he'd be back an hour ago. Um, but I, the Chiefs, listen, great atmosphere. Um, and should be fun tonight between the Chiefs and the Lions. Good afternoon, Chief. My name is Jake Quarry. That is Jimmy Cook. Eddie Garrison is manning the controls for us today on a Thursday. It is Quarry and Company here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Jimmy, you know, it is surreal probably as a Chiefs fan to realize that, in fact, this is the team that, once again, I think probably the rest of the league is assuming is going to be a front runner for the Super Bowl. But... It's an intriguing matchup because Detroit is one also that is kind of a sexy pick to be a team, as we talked about yesterday, that's ready to make a next step, right? But they won eight of nine, I think, to close the year last year, so finished eight and two on the campaign. It feels like that the NFC North is ripe for the taking. I know the Vikings are there, and it feels like they should be the front runners, but with Aaron Rodgers now gone, it feels somewhat like open season, and it's a very talented Detroit Lions roster. 
even though people have knocked Jared Goff throughout his career, he's a stable quarterback in this league. He's proven that he's capable of playing the position, and they're an explosive, fun offense to watch, led by Amon Ra St. Brown in terms of their receiving core. And uh, what is it, Jameer Gibbs? Is that who they ended up taking in the draft, Eddie? Am I right on that? Yeah, so Jameer Gibbs is supposed to be a very highly touted rookie for that running back core. It's going to be a fun game tonight. No Chris Jones with the contract holdout going on. Kurt and Eddie were asking me before the show if I felt like Travis Kelsey was going to play tonight. He's going to go through tests today and try to give it a go. I told them I don't think they need Travis Kelsey to win this game and make ooh, things easier, ooh. but I don't think they need Look Travis Kelsey Look to win this Jimmy game. Look at Jimmy Cook. Ah, you know what? We're the Kansas <laughs> Kansas City. We're the Chiefs. We don't need. That sounds more arrogant than I mean it to sound. Travis. I mean, come on. It's, like, Pat Mahomes, give him a day off. You know, he had a rough off season, hanging out. <laughs> his brother's making TikTok videos and is a complete pain. I don't like, need to. No Jackson Mahomes talking about You know, let, show, let's, just, let's just give him the day off. It's Detroit, man. I mean, the, the Lions, come on. As long as Pat Mahomes out there, I'm going to feel good they got about no their courage. chances. Come on. Just give him the whole day off. I told them, I told Kurt and Eddie this. Let's let UMKC, (laughs) the kangaroos, play. What the hell? Kangaroos and lions. Let's make it fun. uh, Yeah, you know what? If they send the the four of us out there as receivers, that's all they have starting tonight, they'll be fine. They're going to be good. It's all going to be. No, I'm just saying Travis Kelsey's absence for one game is not worth a re-injury risk if there is a risk of injury there. Well, it's a long year. It is. It's a long year. And, and besides, you know, as as dynamic as my Chiefs are, they don't need the stars. <laughs> They're not tested until December. I mean, Wait till Andy Williams' music's playing, and then we'll take it seriously. Exactly, exactly. I mean, come now on you're getting now. it. You know, <laughs> I, I get it. But um, I do think it's a one-score game, though. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it should be a good game, right? And yeah. this is in the NBA. I have always felt. In talking to people in the NBA, typically they will tell you, like when a, when a roster is being reset, I think last year it was a little bit earlier than that. I've always felt 20 to 25 games is how many you need before you get a real feel for who your team is. I would agree. And I remember last year talking to Kevin Pritchard, and I think I said 25, and he was like, man, I think we'll know by game 20, certainly, who and where we are. And, they, and last year, I think Indiana pretty much did. In the NFL... You know, Tony Dungy, if you, when you would go into the Colts locker room, and they still do this, they would have it broken down on the wall into quarters. And this has kind of become a cliche for NFL teams. First quarter of the season, second quarter of the season, et cetera. The, the reality is the injury aspect is always there, right? So you, you always have to account for the possibility that there's going to be a curveball thrown your way. But I think – and this is true for the for the Colts. Maybe it's longer because you've got you're going with Anthony Richardson, and you're you know so maybe it's an entire year. But usually it's through the first quarter of the season, Jimmy, before you have any idea really who you are, and that's that's assuming you stay healthy. So when you get into you know right around that time, for the first two or three Colts home games of the year, it's glorious, right? It's 70 degrees. It's gorgeous. The vibes are great. It's a new season. The roof is open. Everybody's excited. Yep. And then people are like, why aren't there many people here? And part of that is because, quite frankly, I think people get torn living in a cold weather climate. You start saying to yourself, gosh, I mean, we only have so many weekends left where I can take the kids out yeah. and you know go to the Pumpkin Patch or go to the Brown, the Bridge, Cover Bridge Festival or Brown County, whatever it might be. People know that those days are getting limited. 
So there's a little bit of competition there. But you get two or three home games where that's the case. Around the time where there is no question that it's going to be a closed roof because it's 42 degrees and spitting ice and it just looks literally like you walk outside and you're like, when in the world did I move to Budapest? That's around the time. Yeah. By then, I think we're going to have a definitive answer for most teams on who they are. Now, for the Colts, Jimmy, this year, that may be longer. We may never fully grasp because I do think it's possible that you might have a week five game where Anthony Richardson looks like the greatest thing ever and a week 15 game where he looks like a total disaster. I, I think that's entirely possible. Probably likely, right? It's very tough to sell a fan base, let alone organization, because our organizations are trying to win games and they want to be competitive and they want to be building towards the Lombardi Trophy. We get that. But it's hard to sell a fan base on have fun with it. There should be a level of that, and you stressed this yesterday, amongst Colts fans going into the 2023 season because I'll be honest, even though I did think a year ago Matt Ryan might work out, like you might be able to get a season out of him, and like many that had that opinion, tragically wrong on that. Right. Couldn't have couldn't have seen how far it went down, including, you know, the coaching dismissal and the Jeff Saturday disaster. Like never could have envisioned that, but there was a level of, okay, maybe this will work out. Maybe Matt Ryan still got something left in the tank. There's an unknown about Anthony Richardson other than what he brings to the table, his physical gifts, and the fact that the Colts might be fun and enjoyable to watch again. That it might be compelling enough that you're not sitting there by the time it's week six, even if you're two and four saying, well, there's no direction with this team. I'm out. You know, Jimmy, to your point, what have I said about the Colts the last three years? What's the They're boring. Correct. They're boring to watch. That was the worst thing you can be in the NFL. They were boring. They're not boring anymore. I'll give them credit. They're not boring anymore. Matt Ryan, there was intrigue there, but it felt like Matt Ryan felt like, and this is going in the way back and it's pretty esoteric, but I remember when Peyton Manning, when we knew Peyton Manning was going to be out for the year and we knew before the year began, he was going to be out for the year, right? And I remember thinking like, oh man, like they're in trouble. And then they go out and it's like, they signed Kerry Collins and everybody's like, Oh, okay. Kerry Collins. Like and I remember thinking to myself, like, well, they've got a good roster. I mean, they still have, you know, players around them and, and whatever else. And and I mean they're gonna go, they'll go eleven and six. I think I predicted eleven and six. Kerry Collins came out there and he he looked like Eddie before uh, most wonderful time of the year played. You know what I mean? Like like Kerry Collins came out though and it was like what what is happening here? It, it was so bad. Literally within the first drive, you could tell, and this is not the case with Eddie. You, you could tell with Kerry Collins after the first drive, it was like this guy's done. They're, they are terrible, and he has zero life in him. Right? That season was the first season, by the way, in my life that I'd see, and that's a small sample size of games that I saw the Chiefs win in that building. That that's how bad they were. Like usually, you had you had Peyton and you had cornerstones, and that roster is good enough, but they knew yeah. very quickly. Even yeah, against the, the Chiefs who were... Well, the Colts had the Chiefs number there for a while, right? Including the Lynn Elliott yes. game all the way through to the no-punt game. I mean, they had, you know... That's the kicker who shall not be named in Kansas City, by the way. Lynn Elliott? Yeah. Um, but all of that said, you could tell right away, that's the last season yeah. that I can recall for the Colts where you knew immediately what the fate was and that the fate was not good, right? Yep. Um, but anyway, tonight, Chiefs and Lions, we'll talk about that. Stephen Holder going to join us one thirty on the show today. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, joins us at 2 o'clock. I had two epiphanies between the last time we were together. I love a good epiphany. Okay. The, the first was this. 
Um, I have a confession to make for both of you, and, and notably for Eddie. I'll, I'll apologize right now to Eddie, because Eddie's the, the glue of the show, right? He's the producer. He's the guy that's putting stuff together. He's got to be um, cutting audio and, and following where the forks in the road are. I mean, it's not an easy gig. Right? Are you going to start this with, bless me, Eddie, for I have sinned? Is that where we're going with this? <laughs> yeah, well, no? okay. I haven't sinned, but I'm apologizing okay. for future sins. Okay, good. Okay. Get in front of it. I like it. So prior to this, for those that don't know, uh, my... my same job but i had a different shift okay uh prior to this i was on the mornings with kevin bowen now andy sweeney with the wake-up call with with kb and andy in the morning that's been an adjustment and, to your sleep cycle i'm sure well it really wasn't much of an adjustment at all <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> that was the problem right but when i would get in in the morning clearly i was the first person in the you know one of the first people in the building in this building the parking garage there are two floors below ground and then like eight floors above ground kevin and mark would park on the above ground side and my parking is on the the, the, the below ground side so i go i'm not going to say where i don't want to divulge any secrets but i had the same spot every day because i was the, i would get down to the level i'm the only there was no one here. dealer's choice yep right same spot every day when i come back downtown for events games dinners whatever Typically on a, like a late Saturday night, there's no one same spot every time. I am a creature of habit. Okay, I'm a creature of habit. I do things very regimented, including the same parking spot. Now, one day, I, I, I'm not going to say that it was a vivid memory by any stretch of the imagination, but it was actually on November 14th. But one day, I drove in and someone parked in my spot. Now, it threw me completely for a tizzy. It's like when you leave the house and you realize that you forgot to put on your, in your case, your Apple Watch, or you leave the house and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot my wallet. It's always a bad start to the day. Correct. Like, it throws you off the whole day, right? It threw me off that day, the whole day. My, my, I was living in bizarro world. Everything was going in the opposite of the way it should go for me, which typically is pretty good, admittedly. So, now, I come in later in the daytime and not only is there, and I'm not saying any names, and I'm not trying to call anybody out or make any requests here, because they now have, they have dibs. They get here yes. before I yep. do. They, they have that right. So I can't bemoan, I can't blame, I can't be jealous of, I can't be vindictive towards the person in the silver Mustang with the Colts license plate that parks <laughs> in my exact spot. I, I mean, you know what I mean? But and that I can live with. But the spot right next to it? Mm -hmm. okay white pickup been stealing that one now so now all of a sudden it's one thing if you think you're going if you think you're going on vacation to california and california's booked and so you've got to go to arizona okay fine right mm. on the time of year. i'm moving closer and closer to the texas panhandle here, <laughs> and it's completely thrown off my mojo so eddie what i'm getting at is if for the next couple of weeks you find me to be irritable or inconsistent, it's because I'm adjusting to these things where I've been given these curveballs to the nuances of my regimen. So do I need to give you a Snickers then? Because you're not you when you're hungry? <laughs> that is correct, yes. And okay. that's the other thing. is, See, I don't eat for the first four hours of waking up anyway. So in that case, I'm not too bad, right? But I could use the Snickers if I'm holding out to get the parking spot because I'm probably not going anywhere for a while. All right, well, right? let's hope your holdout doesn't go like Jonathan Taylor's, but or Twiggy, sorry. Have Twiggy. You, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> have you found, though, a new oasis of parking? Because I've had that same issue where there's a par spot I like to park every day, but I have a couple of safety valve spots that still scratch that itch. Have you adapted there yet? Excellent question, Jimmy. And scratch I, the itch, Jimmy. Indeed, oh boy, indeed, we're getting into indeed. deep waters going now. In the, we're going into heavy well, water. There, there, is, is back. there is another spot, but it's but it involves a three-point turn. Mm. 
difficult, ch- especially when you're in a hurry. Yeah. The other one just, he was straight in. I mean, it was perfect, right? Yeah. Fit so, like a glove. So that's throwing me up. The other epiphany I had was this. Uh, last night, I, I, I got both bored and neurotic. And so I decided to check out the YouTube page. Um, I've become recently obsessed with the YouTube page. Now, it's much to the chagrin of Nick and the other fine folks in our digital department that it's just now that I'm realizing these things in terms of our digital footprint. But you did just find out about sound on a desktop yesterday. That's correct. Why we got to, you know, don't, that, why'd you got to bring that up? It's a game changer right there. So uh, I noticed that, that that our numbers, as the kids used, to, as the, the people say, our numbers dipped a little bit on the YouTube page. And I think that I'm partially responsible for that because we're not involving people in the YouTube chat or, or you know, mentioning them or shouting them out, that kind of thing. So, number one, uh, I want to remind everybody, we are available on YouTube. 107.5 The Fan is the YouTube page where you can watch the program live or later after the fact, certainly comment. In addition to that, Jimmy, I feel like at no – and this is going to sound like it's a slight to you. (laughs) And and honestly, and it's not intended to at all. But the name of the show is Query and Company, right? It is, yes. And – while the end company is you and Eddie, happy to be here. Then I then it dawned on me I have a unique opportunity here to make sure that people are aware that in fact the company should be everybody listening. So like Indeed. listener interaction, like this is not our show; it's everybody's show, right? I Agreed. want this to be. I want people to feel like from twelve to three every day. They're like, "What are you doing today?" And like, "I've got to go listen to my show." Now, John is their show, too, because they've been listening forever, and the guys in the morning they're listening to. I get it. But I want people to feel like they are an incorporated and, and welcomed part of this show and that they're – and trust me, if you call in here and you've got an opinion that's out of, out of this world, I'm going to say you sound like you're out of this world. But I want people to understand that this is an interactive thing where – sports is about having fun, man. Always. It's about having fun. It's not about like – sports debates are awesome because that's what we do, right? Yeah. But – so I just decided, you know what, we haven't really done the open it up. I mean, some of the most fun that I've had in radio is when you incorporate and you bring in the most talented like communicators in this market are oftentimes the people that call into the radio shows. They, they become – it has to happen organically – but there are people that, that that become just a valued part of what you're doing, and they make it worthwhile. Like, I mean, trust me, I, I go home and I talk to myself ten hours a day, right? I, I want to be able to now know that I'm talking to other people. I, mean, I think that's been well so established. Shannon doesn't listen to you is what you're saying. <laughs> What's that? Shannon doesn't listen to you is uh, what you're saying. Shannon actually, Shannon actually thinks I'm a mail carrier. Mm. <laughs> She's not sure what I do. I think it's well established with your brand, though, considering the fact that you willingly give out your phone number that you're going to take interaction from the company anytime you can. That is correct. Uh, by the way, Shannon doesn't listen uh, daily, as a matter of fact. By the way, Broken Colt just had a great idea. Can we call it, like, so John calls it the lounge. Can we call it the break room? Yeah, that's cool. That's perfect, because it's the middle of the day, right? Well, that and, like, since we're all part of the company in the YouTube chat, then... That could be perfect. considered the break room. See, all see, Eddie, that's what I'm talking about. Whatever that's the kind way of to go, corporation. Colt. There you go. You have moved your way up the company, Eddie. Welcome to the boardroom. Thank right? you. Thank there you. you go. Welcome to the boardroom. It's nice to be here. Eddie, Eddie, I'm <laughs> talking about, you want a nameplate? 
the only thing you don't get in the company is apparently a reserved parking spot. <laughs> okay. But other than that, we've got everything you want, man. Hey, Eddie and me are upstairs parkers. We're not even in the in the underground. All uh, you got to do is ask. Service yeah, All you got to do is ask. It's the it's the best. So in, in in the company here, since you Eddie are in the boardroom and, and it is the break room here, what are we going to have in the vending machine? Oh, that's, the that's a good question. That's a good question. Barbecue have, Fritos. Uh, what'd you say? Barbecue Fritos. Those are good. We have to Solid. have the shrimp chips. Nice. Nice. <laughs> available go, available yeah. to Meyer. All, all three the flavors. The hot mustard, <laughs> yeah. the original, and the wasabi. All yeah. three got to be in there. What else should we I'm, have? I'm not going to lie um, to you, though. They're terrible. <laughs> now, how about this? The ketchup the ketchup flavored chips from Lay's, Canadian ketchup flavored chips, Those. that's that's where it's at. Okay, until I, what, what until I sample bars? those. Well, we got to have Snickers. In there. Yeah, okay. I don't like peanuts, but that's cool. I, I love that mean you don't like peanut butter Z- zero bar Zero bars a must. Okay. Anybody listen to me on the radio, they know yeah. zero bars a must. Does that yeah. mean you don't like peanut okay. butter? Jimmy, oh, you I get a third one. Buy Reese's. Reese's? Yeah. Have you noticed, by the way, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, I have a concern, and I, li- I-, I love them, don't get me wrong, but these Reese's folks are overtaking the candy aisle. Have you noticed this? Yes. You go to the gas station and you're like, you're just wanting a, a whatchamacallit, and you look down and you're like, where are the whatchamacallits? Well, they've been moved now. If the, if the candy aisle is the United States, the Reese's folks now have gone from Utah to Pennsylvania. It's unbelievable. It's world domination. I'm not kidding you. There's, there's, there's literally, I'm surprised there's not actually a Reese's Snicker bar. You got Reese's Pieces, you got Reese's with the Reese's Pieces inside of them, you got uh, white chocolate Reese's, you got the big cup, Pringles. I mean, it's 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 absolutely insane the way that they're overtaking the world. But what you call the bars? How about there are Reese's like candy bars? They're called fast breaks. That's a, that's right though. But that's the yeah. yeah see, they've got a, a thousand. But the fast break was like the first or second of their installment of expansion, right? Yeah, and then they have the Reese's take five. So I mean. They've got a lot. The manifest destiny of the Reese's folks is really... I mean, Historians are going to be talking about it, it for it's years. It's something to, to behold, yep. for sure. Uh, again, Stephen Holder going to join us one thirty today. Matt Taylor at 2 o'clock. But we will get back into the NFL, including news from the Colts from today. We'll let you know some of the big news on West 56th Street and the impact it's going to have on Sunday. We'll explain next. It is, I almost said, mm-hmm. Kevin and Quarry. That's the first time I almost did it. Uh, Quarry and Company. Sorry, Eddie. Uh, as the CEO, I didn't mean to offend you there. It's okay. Quarry and Company, 93.5, 106. Seven five the fan. You know, this was the episode here where uh, Mr. Roper overheard a conversation and then was convinced there was some funny business going on inside the apartment, which was actually every episode of Three's Company. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jake Quarry, along with Jimmy Cook and Eddie Garrison, Quarry Company. It's Three's Company because there's three of us in here, right? Eddie Garrison's now the CEO. We, did, did we say CEO, Eddie? I thought you said I was in the boardroom now. Yeah, that that make you a, what, you get a what, position on there. What position do you want to be in the boardroom of the company? Well, what are you? Are you the president, or are you, what are you? That's the question. That's a good question. Well, you got to be careful here, Jimmy. Can't have, I let him have too much power. I don't really. I don't want to be any part of it, really. But the um, founder whose name's on the thing, but we have the meetings pretending like yeah, he's not I'm there. Kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm basically like Tommy Boy's dad, right? <laughs> I mean, I survived the heart attack, granted, okay, so I made that through, but yeah, so I'm just the guy, like, the name's on the building, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you guys, so you want to be chief financial officer or chief executive officer? Executive. Okay. CEO. I don't want anything to do with finances. Okay, that's fair. Um, Hey, Colts news from today. Yesterday, actually, full participation in practice for 
Shaquille Leonard, and that is because Eddie, the latest news from today officially is that he was activated off of the, or out of the concussion protocol. So he cleared protocol. He'll suit up and be ready to go on uh, Sunday. So Shaq Leonard in the lineup for Sunday. That means, of course, that you know we talked so much about Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed would be important pieces for them. Reality is, Jimmy, you know there are certain players that. They, I'm not going to say that this is going to come off the wrong way. It's going to make it sound like I'm saying they're a detriment. That's not the case at all. But sometimes in basketball, this is more the case. You can kind of see where there's one guy that is on the field and in a late situation, people are the, – uh, the rest of the opponents – or excuse me, the rest of the teammates – are looking for that guy to make a play. Yep. And they're just kind of under the assumption that that guy's going to make a play. And that's not to say guys aren't going full throttle, but you get what I'm saying, right? You see that more in basketball. But in football, I do think that you don't see it in lack of effort by any stretch of the imagination from the other players on the field. But Shaquille Leonard in late game situations or late drive situations is such a magnet for turnovers yep. that I think guys almost at, at times maybe become – reliant for lack of a better phrase on it but still he is he brings an energy and a speed to what he is doing that i think is critically important to what they want to do defensively him not being out there or him being out there and not making those type of plays reliant i think is a great word because the mistake as a defense becomes twofold you hear all the time about stamina draining drives and needing a stop to get off the field. Well, it's one thing to be backbreaking when the team converts anyway that you're playing against. Then you have to stay out there for another series. But it's even more so when that play doesn't happen and you feel like, yes, you're still a professional athlete. You're going to go out there full tilt. But that captain or that playmaker didn't bail you out there. And it's like, right. ah, now we got to go out there and do it again. And the just the presence of just having him there alone though is something that from an identity standpoint for this defense is detrimental when he's not there so the fact that he is after a season a year ago where labels get thrown around very easily as you know in sports Jake last year was a year where if that was it for him you would have had major what ifs about Shaq Leonard's career and the thought of him having another start to the season, not being out there for an opener or maybe missing the first four weeks, then the narrative starts to turn to maybe he's just a guy that's not going to be healthy again. Having him out there 100% out of concussion protocol should feel good if you're a Colts fan and most definitely feels good for Gus Bradley in that defense. You know, the the one thing about Shaquille Leonard that I had said, by the way, we named Eddie CEO and he just left. What, what happened? I think he's Kurt, playing the role of a CEO. Kurt, Kurt Gerald's is now, are you the acting CEO? I'm just interim right now, man. <laughs> Kurt just <laughs> we named Eddie CEO and he just literally turned around to Kurt and said, Hey man, can you do me a favor? You give a Run little bit board. of power. I'm out of here. Little bit of power. Go straight to the head. I can't say I blame you, Eddie. Um Shaquille Leonard, I recall saying, Jimmy, and getting probably understandably so some some pushback on it, although I kind of stand by it. I've always felt like Shaquille Leonard, his ability to create turnovers is dynamic enough that I think it overrates him in totality as a linebacker, which is not to say that he's not a great player. But if you 
and this this sounds so weird to say because it's like, yeah, if you take away the three point shooting, Chris Mullen may not be you know Steph Curry without the three point shot is just another guard. I mean, I get it. It's a it's a critical piece of who he is. But if you take away the turnover plays, I think there are a lot of people within football that would tell you that Shaquille Leonard actually a lot of times is out of place or is late to plays. I know that sounds blasphemous to say because he's a great player. But I think that the greatness sometimes is overemphasized because of a handful of great plays that are not representative of the body of work in totality, which is still good, but not necessarily elite. But those plays lift it to elite. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but I do think that there are, in the past, there have schematically been ways that Shaquille Leonard benefits from a defense that was kind of designed to push things in towards where he was and he's and whoever is in that position a la Zaire Franklin who set a franchise record for tackles in a season it's because of the way the defense is set up to kind of funnel everything into that area you're not off base with that and the three-point comparison isn't fair to your argument because that's repeatable like that that that's an action you have that a chance it would be to totally do it every, unfair correct. to take away from somebody because yes you have a chance to do it multiple times throughout a game the reason that the pushback happens with Shaq Leonard in addition to the reasons that you outlined is turnovers are not a bankable stat they're they're not something that you can guarantee are going to happen over the course of a game specifically for one player like, yes, there's, there's going to be opportunities that exist, but the idea of, well, a guy's great at creating turnovers, that's not something that, that's more of something that's left to chance and more of taking advantage of an opportunity than it is like a three-pointer or like an interception where, okay, they're going to throw the ball 20 times today. You get targeted five or seven times. Maybe there's a chance to do that. Forcing a fumble is more random. That said, Jack Leonard, when healthy, has shown the ability to master something that for normal players is somewhat of a game of chance in right place, right time. Uh, by the way, in the YouTube break room, is that what we're calling it? Yeah, YouTube break room. Um, Denzio, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, yeah, guys, other people have already said this about Shaq. Yeah, I know, it was me like three years ago. That's what I prefaced by saying. Like, I've said this before many times, and it's it's probably not the most popular of opinion. Certainly, with the, I remember the first time I said it. I'm not saying I was the first. But the first time I'd said it and talked about it, matter of fact, JMV had me on that afternoon because he's like, dude, I need to have you on because you're getting absolutely killed for saying this about Shaquille Leonard. I mean, you know, he's a great player. But what I'm curious to see, Jimmy, is whether or not he, I'm not going to say is still a great player. That's selling him short. But how much has the injury or the time away affected him? He looked good through the camp. It look, he looked like he showed signs of being himself through camp, but different element, different game. I, I thought it was interesting with James Boyd when we were talking about just what percent of when you are talking about the regular season versus the preseason, what percent is it? And he was like, "It's Anthony Richardson has probably seen 10% speed of what he is going to see now. I think that's probably a little low, but still, there's no doubt that through camp and through the preseason, I think you are getting used to figuring out long division and you are getting ready to go into trigonometry. Yeah. No, I mean, that it's meant for rookies to be your 
not welcome to the NFL moment, but get you ready for that welcome to the NFL moment that will inevitably happen at some point in time over the regular season. And for veterans, it's an opportunity to get your body right and make sure that you are at a state that you feel like you can excel to the best of your abilities. And for Shaq Leonard, like I get it. This is a concussion that he's coming off of, and he's had a couple of those throughout his career. But last year, it was marred by the ankle or the leg that led to the back that was all these ailments that could lead to other ailments if stress is put on them, which is what ended up happening, right? right? You wind up having uh, the the lower body injuries that lead to the back injuries, and then eventually he it's shut down. It's all connected, Jimmy. It's, it's all, all connected. connected, right? There's not that level of fear or anxiety with him going into this season. And that doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to be back to the level that he was a couple of years ago, but it does mean that there's less risk of the wheels falling off in the way that they did a year ago. It's the same thing with Tua in Miami. Like People are talking about, and his concussions, far worse, far more consistent than what Shaq Leonard's dealing with, but there's no exact science to say that Tua or Shaq Leonard is guaranteed to get another concussion just because they've had one. They can be more susceptible to them, but it's no more of a fear of, oh, I need to stop playing my hardest now because, oh, I might get concussed. In Tua's case, though, you know, it's a lot like Austin Collie. I mean, I remember when Austin Collie was laying on the ground in Philadelphia, I think it was. And, you know, his arms are straight in the air. And, I mean, right then you're thinking to yourself, like, it, it was almost like a gross feeling right. of, like, man, you, you got to walk away. It was, it was, and, it was the same I, with Tua last year. Correct. Yeah, Tua had the – and Tua came back out, didn't he? I thought there was one game where he – Happened twice. The first time, yes, he came back out there. The second one on Monday night when his hands did, had the – what right. you're talking about, what Austin Collie had. Right. Th- that was the one where it was – he did not return to that Speaking game. Speaking of everything correctly. connected, have you ever thought about this? This is the kind of stuff that keeps me awake at night, amongst other things. Um, give me a, a random faraway town in the United States off the top of your head. Give me a state off the top of your head. Nebraska. Nebraska, okay. Um, Kalamazoo. A, we'll go with Shadron, <laughs> Nebraska. Okay. If you think about like if you go on Google Maps and you find just the rem- the most remote log cabin out in the middle of nowhere in Shadron, Nebraska, you can get from that remote log cabin to the the bar where Jimmy Buffett first sang a song in Key West by never having your car leave a road. Like that stuff fascinates me. It's all connected. Yep. It's like the, so, so. In other words, there's a traffic backup in Shadron, Nebraska. Eventually, somehow, some way, if everybody was going to the same spot, it could affect traffic in Key West because it's all connected it in its own way, kind of like the body, right? It is. That's the kind of stuff I think about. I, I sit there and I think to myself, this guy in Fairbanks, Alaska, is on. He's backing out of his driveway right now, and if he wanted to come to where I live, he he can drive the entire way and never and his and his car never touches grass. The morning commute in Walla Walla, Washington, is just it's intense. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough I always thought it'd to be bear. cool to work for the Whitewater Corporation of Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah. That actually is a thing, by the way. That's amazing. For what it's worth. Um, continue the conversation, including big money being spent around the NFL, and does that mean big ticket means big promise? I'll tell you what player we're talking about and what franchise took a big step. We'll do that, and Stephen Holder joins us in 45. It is Query and you guys as the company. 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Welcome back to Querying Company. Football is back. Thursday Night Football Chiefs-Lions. 
We'll get into that a little bit later in the show, plus more Colts as well. But while we have a second, I want to remind you, you can join the fan on Wednesday, September 20th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. for the Radio 1 and Martin University Career Fair. Get your foot in the door, have your resume reviewed by HR professionals, and get a free headshot. That's all September 20th from 10 to 4 at Martin University. For more details, head to 1075thefan.com. And speaking of career fairs, there's one guy in the National Football League that seemingly will not be going to one anytime soon because he just got big time paid. And it does raise the question, at some point you look at some franchises and you're like, man, where is the money coming from? But the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy, um, decided enough was enough in terms of trying to avoid any sort of disputes contractually, correct? One of the more headline holdouts of the 2023 offseason now comes to a close. Exactly, Jake. Nick Bosa, defensive end for the 49ers, signs a massive five-year, $170 million extension yesterday, which includes $122.5 million in guaranteed money. He now becomes the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history by average annual value at 18.5 sacks, one defensive player of the year last year. The thing that's amazing about that is, I mean, if you really look at their salaries, and, and I get it. I mean, there's you got to find a way to get it done, right? And kudos to them for it. And I guess this does show like it can be done, but you look at some of the, the players they have, contractually speaking in terms of what they're on the hook for a lot of that give me the numbers again in terms of that guaranteed money 122 and a half million dollars for nick bosa guaranteed see you wonder how much and this is what teams are doing now and i'm not going to sit here and pretend to be you know i i've i think most people know now i it was my eighth attempt at algebra when i finally passed it okay thank you to my tutor uh thank you eddie um, it's good to see you. So right I'm there. not a mathematical genius by any stretch of the imagination, and I can get lost in numbers. So I'm not going to pretend to be one on the. That's why, but Eddie, you're not either, right? That's why you're the CEO, not CFO. Yeah. Um, but one thing that that teams are doing now, Jimmy, is they the guaranteed money kind of gets it creative because you can kind of maneuver around in terms of upfront bonuses and things like that what it's actually doing against your salary cap hit and the dead cap space and all that that comes into play. Dead cap, of course, meaning the money that goes against you if you were to release that player. Yep. Um, but that's that's part of how they're able to get it done. I mean, you look at their roster in terms of players that San Francisco has. they got some big ticket items there. Debo Samuel, Trent Williams. I mean, guys that are on their payroll George that they're Kittle. paying a lot of money to. Yep. George Kittle, Armstead. They, those are guys that are already on their books for a pretty significant chunk. And, you know, teams have Chris Ballard, for example, or Kevin Pritchard. They have... And that would be the challenge. If you're Chris Ballard and you're looking at the Jonathan Taylor situation, Twiggy, I should say, or other players, and you're like, okay, what, what do we do in terms of contractually? And you see the big money that's thrown around. Yep. What those players or, or what those those executives have are staff members underneath them that are literally capologists. And their entire job is to come to them and say, this is, you know, this is what you have in terms of what you can give up front this is how you can get around that this is so it's not like chris ballard's and 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 that's not a disrespect to chris ballard at all i mean the teams this is this stuff has become pretty scientific math but for the san francisco 49ers 
um, to kind of put that point to bed. What I'm getting at is they they just decided, you know what, we're going to push all in. We're going to we're going to figure the numbers out. We're going to push all in, and they're doing similar to what. And I I commend them for this, Jimmy. They're doing similar to what the Rams did a couple of years ago. Now, the Rams are paying the price for it now because the Rams, if you recall, were like, we're going all in for this year, and we are going to get a Super Bowl. We're going to sign big-time free agents. Forget we're about picks. We don't correct. care about them. We're just going to give up our, our entire future. And and the Rams, I mean, and now what do you have for the Rams? you got Matthew Stafford, who you acquired, and his wife making TikTok videos telling people she has no idea who the rest of the team is. And then Stafford's <laughs> got to come out and be like, well, I, you know, she, uh, she said that, but she didn't mean it. And, you know, because they've got a bunch of guys that they just had to replace because a lot of the big tickets are off the board or whatever it might be, and they didn't have high draft picks because they gave them all And that's the key difference between San Francisco and L.A. in terms of the way they were built, though. The Niners still have their first-round picks in terms of where they're building in the future. But to your overall point about their cap structure, it's misleading if you go to, like, spot rack right now and you go and and check where their cap hits are for this season. And it's, it's... not that bad. It's 181 million, and you look at where the salaries are divvied up. But it's like, oh, it's not that bad from a cap hit perspective. Next year in 2024, Trent Williams, their left tackle, is going to carry a cap hit of 31 million dollars. Debo Samuel, 28 million. Eric Armstead, 25 million. Fred Warner, 24 million. You get the point. Oh, and that's not including 34 million dollars next year for Nick Bosa. So. While those numbers are jarring, it's like they're going to have to be flexible and and figure out ways to continue to thrive with all this money on their books. That's the type of problem you want to have as a perennial Super Bowl contender. But here's the thing, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm cool with it. Like with exactly. the way the Rams did it. Yep. If you're on the doorstep, you go for it, baby. Yes. Like you know what I mean. Like you, you got you. You're coming around and you see the checkered flag in front of you and you realize like, whoa, wait a minute. I got to push the the accelerator here, or I can check up check up and conserve fuel. No, man. You got to go for it. You and, conserve fuel. There's no guarantee you're going to be back in that opportunity. Right. Yep. But I remember when the Rams won it, thinking to myself, like, you know, the next day I'm coming in, I'm doing the morning show, I'm looking at Kevin and we're looking up and they're showing the Rams still celebrating and I'm saying, uh, they probably should enjoy this while it lasts because those chickens are going to come home to roost. But San Francisco, you can you can absolutely bet it's going to be a player. So if you are just joining us on this Thursday, uh, where have you been? Uh, to recap what we did in the first hour here, we have decided that, I made the executive decision, that so the query and company obviously is the two of you guys, Eddie Garrison, who is now our CEO of the company, and and Jimmy Cook. Wait, does Jimmy not get a title? Yeah, what is I'm trying to think. I've been scared to ask that. That's why I haven't asked. Are you the treasurer? (laughs) Co-founder, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Is that fair? Although, no, no, hold on, though. You were with the company before me, right? Sure. Yes, I was. So what would that make you then? You're the president, right? I guess. Okay, so you're the president of the company. All right, there we go. Uh, And then the rest of the company is the people that are listening. Because, and this is what I really want, okay? Can we get placards made? Those would be nice, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. Your name on there and the job title. They still have that, uh, what was the place in the mall? Things Remembered. Do they still have the Things Remembered where you get stuff engraved and get little name plates made? Something tells me they'd probably switch to an all-digital storefront <laughs> at this point, but, but yes, I think that you, you think? could probably still do that, yeah. Um, so he, here is the, what I said earlier. Um, I want the company to also be my goal in life now. I've had very few goals in, in my life, okay? But my goal in life now is 
just once, just one time, just one time, I want to be at City Market or I want to be at J- Jamaican Patties or I want to be at the Raskeller Beer Garden or I want to be at Lifetime Fitness getting ready to work out or whatever it might be. I want somebody to come up to me and say, hey, uh, Jake Query, right? Yes. And then them say, I want those people to say, uh, I'm part of the company. That's it. I'm part of the company. That means that you listen to this show, you're part of the company. That's my goal in life. My goal in life is for people to feel like they're part of the company. You're staring at the floor. No, no, I'm pondering because you're going for IndyCar this weekend. Correct. So I'm trying to figure out how soon before the loyal listeners deliver on that for you. Because if you had a free Friday night tonight and you were out at one of those places, it, I feel fairly you, confident somebody would come. I can and do tell that. you right now, without question, if I had, if I was here this weekend, Friday night, I would be at the Rathskeller Beer Garden listening to the Elect, who is the most fabulous local band in Indianapolis. They're tremendous, and Michael Weir, who's their lead singer, has become a buddy. We went and saw Springsteen with Kravitz. Okay. Um, at Wrigley a month ago, and now Springsteen's like canceled. We were contemplating going to a show in Ohio in September, and we chose Wrigley instead, and Springsteen just canceled or postponed his entire September scheduling. So glad Wise we move on your part, yeah. Glad we went when we did. But, um, but here's the thing, Jimmy. I appreciate you saying that it would be this weekend, but it ta- first off, it takes like seven times for people to hear something before they remember it, right? So I'm going to be, you're going to get tired of me mentioning this about people saying, I want them to simply say, I'm part of the company. And then we'll get t shirts made. I mean, well, you know, I mean, this is limitless and, and yes. endless. But coffee mugs, coffee mugs. Yeah. Uh, nobody uses mouse pads anymore. But if they did, that'd be wonderful. I don't know. The remote worker industry, they could value some mouse pads. Maybe there's some remote workers <laughs> that, right now. That actually is true. That actually is true. But that, I just want people, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking it'd probably be sometime around late October and then I'm, I'm going on vacation again. But um, somebody can just come up to me. Just one person. Just one person. Hey, I'm part of the company. And oh, that's great! And then I'll ask them the question: Well, who's our CEO? And they'll say Eddie Garrison. I'll say you are, in fact, part of the company. You've passed. You've passed the test. Um, but NFL getting underway tonight: Kansas City and Detroit. Anthony Richardson is one, obviously, of a host of young quarterbacks. Kind of a changing of the guard to an extent at the quarterback position, which sounds weird to say because you have, you know, clearly the established players. Um, that we now know are, you know, the Brady Mannings, et cetera. I mean, Mahomes ain't going anywhere. Josh Allen's not going anywhere. Um, Stafford probably is towards, the, you would think, towards the end here just based on the personnel around him. I'm thinking of quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. But when we talk about the young quarterbacks, Jimmy, the reality is you have those that were drafted this year that we know the Colts were, you know, in that conversation about your big three with – Bryce Young, obviously, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Will Levis was the fourth name in that mix. And then there are other young players. I mean, there are some quarterbacks that that are first- or second-year players that now you're – you know, Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, for example. Justin Fields in Chicago. Justin Fields in Chicago. Three, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're trying to figure out, like, for some of those guys, it's the boulder in the stream year, right? Do you go with it or do you not? But aside from Richardson, who we have talked so much about – those young quarterbacks to you that are most intriguing or you're most interested to see what interested to see what they can do would be who? Bryce Young is at the top of that list for me. That's an easy answer I get because, oh, he was the top overall pick. Way to go on a limb there. But there's been criticisms throughout this offseason, the lead up to the draft about his size and then, oh, he can't make it in the NFL. He's too short or he's going to be injury prone when he gets hit by a 300-pound defensive end. Like it, All those fears have been broadcasted for the last six, seven months, and 
I don't know. I was captivated by him in Alabama. I am looking forward to seeing what the next chapter is like for Frank Reich. Even though I, I know that maybe there's still bitterness there from Colts fans. I don't know. The whole, the whole way that thing ended was weird. So I don't know if Colts fans are like most franchises when a coaching firing happens. Or it's like, I oh, thank God we got rid of him. Or if it's, well, he wasn't the worst thing that rolled. I don't know where that fully lands within right. the fan base. But all that said, it's a new path for him. And it's an opportunity for Bryce Young to prove those doubters wrong. I think that he is the best quarterback of the class from a accuracy standpoint, from his ability to lead an offense down the field right now. I'm not saying Anthony Richardson can't be that, but that's why he went one overall size throughout the window. That's why he was there because of his ability to play that position. So he's the top for me. Anthony Richardson, you removed from my category, but I'd put him as second or one a since it's our market and we cover it. And, most gifted athlete that we've seen in the combine at that position ever. And then CJ threw out a, a close third because it's a division rival, but can he do it without all the weapons and shiny bells that he had at Ohio state? There's different storylines for each quarterback. For me though, Bryce young takes the cake. I think two things here. First off, back to the Frank Wright comment. Reich is interesting to me in terms of the fan base here. I had this conversation about somebody uh, or with somebody earlier today about Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard to me came in. The fan base here, I think, really liked him from the get go. There was a lot of praise about him. There's a lot of expectation. There was a lot of polish about him, right? He came in, he was the shiny toy, and Jim Irsay loved him. And when you would listen to prognosticators talking about the the draft and other such things, it was always, you know, Chris Ballard was the, the child prodigy. And I think Ballard probably read into that a little bit, started to buy into it a little bit, and came off with a confidence. I'll say that early. And people liked that here. And then things didn't work out. And Ballard got, at the beginning of last year, kind of defiant and defensive. And the fan base kind of turned on him a little bit. And all of a sudden, the narrative went from Chris Ballard was, you know, this rising star GM to Chris Ballard was a guy that that people were like, yeah, he's a little too arrogant for me. And then at the end of last year, I'll give him credit, he showed a lot of humility and basically said, like, I own it. But by then it was too late. I think a lot of people had made their mind up, like, you know what, this guy, like, What's he done? He's been here for six years, they're, and they're resetting the table all over again. I'm ready for somebody else to set the table for me. I, I think a lot of people felt that way. In Frank Reich's case, I agree with you, Jimmy, that things were just weird in the end, and I think that people got tired of Frank Reich because of his apparent passiveness, but then once he left and Jeff Saturday came in, and you had all of the stuff that we just talked about with Ballard. I think people in their mind then, he was absolved a little bit, and Frank Wright kind of went back to being the nice guy that people liked and are rooting for. Yeah. So I, I think I they went that, from, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we love this guy because he's the quarterback whisperer to, wait a minute, why are we not, why is he not, not why is he now having to like yell at quarterbacks because none of them are seemingly listening to what he, you know, figuring out what's going on. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, they didn't give him any quarterback to work with. And and he gets and people were ready for him to go for sure. His time, the time here was up for sure. Yep. But I do think that now most people, I think, if you were to ask him, would say, "I'd like to see the guy do well." 
I, I think most, especially because he's in the NFC, not the AFC. People would like to see him do well. There's not a sense that Frank Reich screwed over the Colts. There's not an animosity when you think about him and say he he left us in a bad position because he was let go, and because the disaster unfolded that did in the second half of last year. So I would agree with you on that. I don't think there is a sense of, I mean, I really want to see Frank Reich fail in Carolina. I, I don't right. know that that vibe Correct. is amongst the fan base. Uh, young quarterbacks to me that are intriguing. Uh, Jordan Love, who, who Eddie, I know that you you like Jordan Love, right? Yeah, that was the guy I was going to say that I was most intrigued by because Jimmy went the route with the three rookies. So I was like, is this just exclusively towards uh, rookie quarterbacks? These are or guys that we still don't know who they are. Correct. So I put Jordan Love up there just because, you know, you sit behind Rodgers for, what, three years now, and now you get the keys to the offense of a uh, of an organization like the Green Bay Packers that just hands the baton off from one legendary quarterback to another. Right. Uh, can Jordan Love become that guy? The Another guy that I'm intrigued by is Brock Purdy the quarterback that he was last oh, that's year? A, that's a great one. Or is Brock Purdy the quarterback that fans were accustomed to seeing at uh, Iowa State? Is he a guy that you can count on? Now, now we can't use the, the line, he's pretty good. We That's right. Done, right? Correct. We're over that? Okay. Yeah. That, that's bad. What about Purdy really Mouth? Bad. We can't use that, right? No. I don't, I don't have a problem with bad puns, so... Those are really bad. Does the president overrule the CEO, or does the CEO overrule the president? How does that work? You know, somebody pointed out our meetings for Quarrying Company can take place in Shelbyville. You know the tallest building in Shelbyville, right? No. No. That's the Quarry Building. Uh, (laughs) I'm being totally serious. Well, we lived in Shelbyville when I was a kid. My dad worked for Shelby Steel, now O'Neill Steel. But in downtown Shelbyville, I use the term downtown, right? Uh, in the square of Shelbyville, which is actually a circle, there's a four-story building, and I don't know if it's the it's it's a distant relative, but I don't. Oh, know really? It's okay. I was going to yeah. ask that. Follow up. Uh, like I, I don't know if it was the architect of the building or the construction company that did it in you know, 1920 or whatever. But at the top of the building, the the cornerstone part of the building at the very top on the fourth floor, it just says Query. I've done this before, so I don't want me to say this and you think it's an attack on you. You strike me as the type that would fall down an Ancestry.com rabbit hole and, and know oh, that it was the construction company that... Let me tell you something. My, my dad my dad has gone down that... My dad and my uncle did the Ancestry deal. Like, they traced it before the internet. I'll give them credit. I mean, they went exhaustively, right? To the point where they found the the gravestone of, like, the great-great-great-great-great-grandfather that first came over from... That's awesome. Uh, you know, and <laughs> he was buried in Maryland on some in, on some guy's private farm now. And so they showed up and like knocked on the farmhouse door and they're like, it's not a cemetery. It's, you know what I mean? Like the guy and whoever owned the property has honored the grave. That's good. I was going to ask headstone still yeah. there at least or so some marker. The headstone was like broken down. Like, I mean, it's from like the 1790s. So the headstone was broken and dilapidated. So my, in this part, I was like, my dad and my uncle bought a new headstone and the guy gave him the old one. So my dad has the old one. I don't know. I mean, what do you do with something like that? I, you know what I mean? Query Museum? Yeah, it should be in the Query Building, where our meetings are held for Query and Company in Shelbyville, Indiana, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the third quarterback, to get back to the conversation real quick, that I would be looking at, I don't know if you can – I don't know if you would consider him in this category, but to me, I would loop Lamar Jackson into this group here because he has the one MVP year. But other than that, he hasn't had success when it comes to getting into the playoffs. He's been largely forgotten about. Injuries have, but, but I think by now yes. we know who he is, right? Well, do we? I mean, when he's healthy, you know who he is. Yeah, yeah, but like, is he a guy that you can win a Super Bowl with? Uh, that's the question I think Baltimore fans are asking still. No, he's not in that conversation of 
Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers for me right now. He's not. I see, now, now the can of worms has been opened. See, I, I will disagree with that. I'm not, that doesn't mean he's not a talented quarterback. I just, I'm not building a team around him but I with think, the thought that I can truly contend. I mean, how many starts does he have in his career? He's got to have, I'm just going to, shooting from the hip here, 75 career starts? Do we have it? I'm pulling it up now. Okay. I mean, you got to put the CEO 61. Time. 61, okay. What's that? Give the CEO time. That's, that's right. He's got a lot. And he's a busy <laughs> You're guy. You're on his time. He's got, he's got stacks of papers on the desk. Uh, Kenny Pickett, to me, is intriguing. Yes. Because, I don't know if you know, that he's got little hands. Remember that? Yes, I two do. gloves, yeah. Kenny Pickett's got little, <laughs> Kenny two little, gloves. Little, little tiny hands. But when he was at Pitt, and I know that the college game and the NFL game do not immediately translate. I get it. But he is a guy in college that had kind of a Baker Mayfield nastiness about him of he just had a fire about him that you had to like. And you didn't think that he was this great quarterback, but you're like, they just keep winning games. And he keeps finding a way to win games. And he's more athletic than you think. And, you know, Pittsburgh also, there are a lot of people that that I think there are Steelers fans that actually – you know, I know a guy in town that is a diehard Steelers fan. He's a native of Pittsburgh. And when talking about Mike Tomlin last year, he was like, oh, man, I can see right now what's going to happen. They're going to get hot in the end. They're going to keep keep Tomlin's streak alive, so they have to keep him. And Pittsburgh prides itself on being a franchise that doesn't have rotation of head coach particularly. And I think there are some there's some restless people when it comes to Pittsburgh. And they're hoping that Pickett's the guy because he's also, you know, a hometown guy, collegiately speaking. So, and I thought last year, Jimmy, he looked okay. I, you know, I mean, I thought at times, but Pittsburgh is a team that, you know, Roethlisberger, it would be the the outlier to this. But I think the brand of Pittsburgh is always that they have this like smash mouth football where the quarterback is not necessarily carrying them, but rather, you know, just kind of the cement for them. Now, now Roethlisberger, who was there a long time, obviously was capable of putting a team on his back, but I think they're trying to build around Pickett, but is are they building around the wrong piece? And, and that's what we're going to find out this year, quite frankly. Um, I think they are building around the wrong piece because the best thing that can happen to the Steelers from a contention standpoint is squeak into the playoffs and get routed like they did a couple years ago against Kansas City, whether that's against Buffalo, whether that's against Cincinnati, whoever the two-seed is in that scenario – that's the cap that I see for the Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going through right now. They're through what? When did Big Ben retire? Two years ago, ish, give or take. Yes, the Steelers. Yeah, because Pickett last year was a rookie, yeah. right? So the Steelers are what a year or two in to what the Packers are going through right now, which is perennial franchise that is coming off of a run of success and run of contention with their you know standard like you mentioned hard-nosed defense and an elite quarterback and now trying to find the next guy to run that offense like the Packers and Packers fans well documented just like Colts fans were on the verge of doing with luck are going through a process where they've just now ended what 30 years of perennial right. contention because they had back-to-back yeah, Hall of Famers the, with the Colts there. it was like well this is easy yes. right yes yeah, you just fall. It, it falls into your lap, and all right, it's going to be another fifteen years of dominance. The only reason I bring up the Colts is because the Colts are in that process now, where they've tried band aid after band aid after band aid, and now they hope they have their guy. The Steelers hope they have it in Pickett. I, I don't know. 
it's tough for me to say in one season in the NFL that I don't see it, but I wasn't really impressed last year. And the same way in Jordan Love, it's especially unfair after only two starts to say I don't see it, but I I wasn't that impressed. I'm not on the hype train or about to board the hype train like Eddie appears to be. I don't want to misrepresent uh, you. The last guy that that is of interest to me, yep. because I thought, I don't know how serious it was. I think the Colts had some interest in this guy when he was coming out. I thought there was a chance that that was who they were going to take. Um, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Ooh. No one talks about him. Have no idea what he's going to be other than Correct. what you saw. Correct. But he was in a, spots you know, last year after Mariota was pulled. And, and he, yeah, I don't know. I mean, clearly they, they I think they're going to hand it over to him and we're going to find out, right? And you're going to see what kind of guy he is. But um, I'll be curious to see because he is one that I thought when they drafted Alec Pierce, I thought Ritter was the guy. I remember talking to JMV before that draft and I said, who do you think they're going to take? And JMV said, I think they're going to take the kid from Cincinnati. And I thought he was talking about Desmond Ritter. And I go, oh, the, the quarterback? And he said, no, 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 Al, you know, Alec Pierce. But Ritter was kind of in that conversation. Um, Eddie, you've mentioned the Ravens now several times. Are you a Ravens? Yesterday we were talking about teams, and you mentioned the Ravens, and then you mentioned Lamar again today. Mm-hmm. Are you an Edgar Allan Poe guy? Or no. Are you from Baltimore? <laughs> do you have connection to Baltimore? Zero connection to do, Baltimore. Do you use Mayflower trucks? Is Maryland my Maryland on the – no, playlist? no, no, okay. no. Right. no. I think we're expanding the offices, though. Maybe he's down the line. That could be the case. <laughs> Aggressive expansion. Wow, that is man. a Reese's play well, right there. By more, more, have you been to Baltimore? I have not. Jimmy, you been to Baltimore? Yes. You like Baltimore? It was fine. I love Baltimore. Like crab cakes. It's famous yeah. in Maryland. You know they have. Um, I've mentioned this before on the program. I don't want to be that guy that always tells the same stories over and over, but you know why stop now? Um, they have a restaurant in in Baltimore. You have the Inner Harbor, which is downtown. Is it called the Ravens Nest? With the Ravens Nest, they should have it. They probably do have a. They've got to have a bar there called that, right? They have to. There's no way there's not a section of the stadium, if at the very least, there's not a bar that's tied into a be, right. Yeah, there's a bar here called Nevermore. Have you been to that? Mm-mm. It's at the Union Station. I've not been to it yet. I'm curious to go. It's kind of a Poe-themed place, but it's at the in Indianapolis Union Station, which is a fabulous building. Um, and it's a multi-purpose entertainment place. I, I hope it works because it's such a beautiful building. But in Baltimore, you have the Inner Harbor, which is downtown, right next to Camden Yards. Very cool area. And then when I was in Baltimore, I wanted to go see – IndyCar did a race there two years in a row, and I loved it. I thought it was a fabulous race. It was well attended. The people were tremendous. I loved it. And I got up in the morning, I had some time to kill, and I wanted to go see where Edgar Allan Poe was buried. His grave is right off of downtown Baltimore. So I go to the front desk and I said, do you know where Edgar Allan Poe is buried? And they said, oh yeah, you just go down this way, you can't miss it. So I go walking and I see a sign that says Edgar Allan Poe with an arrow. So I keep walking. Well, little did I know, I had kind of left the downtown area and the arrow was pointing me to the Edgar Allan Poe homes which is the public housing district in Baltimore, which is where The Wire was filmed. Have you guys seen The Wire, either one of you? Greatest television show ever Negative. made. Negative. Greatest television show ever made. A handful of episodes been told that I need to see it. It, t- it. Here's the thing, Jimmy. You gotta... By that, I don't mean I tried to watch no, it and didn't get through it. I, I mean, it was I on, underst- on I re-air. understand why you would... The first couple of episodes of each season are very detailed and slow, and so it would be very easy to understand why you'd be like, yeah, I couldn't do it. Once you get through that, it's like, oh my goodness. But I walked through that area 
And I remember I saw a, a broken down abandoned police car and I thought to myself, no, this seems like I, this maybe not is the safest area. So once I got, and then I eventually I walked through that area and got to Edgar Allan Poe's house, not where he is buried. For that fact, I then asked a police officer, I'm like, hey, let me ask you a question. Like I went through this area and he's like, oh my gosh, like you went through the, where they were from the wire. And I'm, I didn't know of the wire at that time. That was my introduction to the wire. So I then went back and watched it and binge watched it. And I watched all, I think it's 52 episodes. I watched it in like nine days. It was ridiculous. Like I, I was up till four o'clock in the morning every day. Like I had to watch another one, just one more episode, you know, and it I've was, been there. Yep. it was the greatest show ever. But, I, but in the city of Baltimore, they have another area just off of the inner Harbor called, I think it's called Canton Square. There's Fells Point and Canton Square, which are like their mass half, right? There's a bar there called nacho mama's which is like a restaurant bar and they have on the wall a glass coffin with a wax figure in it a bob ursay now it's painted in the design of the mayflower truck and in certain ravens games if it's a big enough game and a big enough moment they take the bob ursay doll down and you can do a body shot off of the body of bob ursay in baltimore so I, I walked in and I'm like, hey, are you guys still like bitter about the Colts thing? And they're like, uh, bitter? Have you been to Nacho Mama's? And I walk in and there is, and it's right there. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it says on the side, and this is this is terrible, but I'm just telling you what, the, the mayor of Baltimore at the time, Don Schaefer, I think was his name, um, but Bob Ursay had very famously, as I've talked about on this program many times, Bob Ursay was coming back from Phoenix when the Colts were rumored to be moving to Phoenix, and he came back to Baltimore, and all the press is there because they're like, Bob Ursay is coming back from Phoenix. He was just meeting with Phoenix about moving the Colts, and Bob Ursay was adamant that he was not moving the Colts, and that was the, you know the, the reports were incorrect and whatever else. And he was standing with the mayor of Baltimore, Don Schaefer. I'm pretty sure his name was Don Schaefer. And Bob Ursay said, Don Schaefer's my friend. He's a friend of mine. I'm not going anywhere. Don Schaefer's my friend. So on this casket, this fake casket hanging in this bar in Baltimore, on the side of it, they have painted the quote, Don Schaefer is my friend, in quotes. And then underneath it, it says, he lied, so he died. Whoa. <laughs> that seems... Uh, that's, did you take a shot? Seems, it seems, <laughs> a, I took a picture. How about that? I only took so a So you did take a shot. I did, yeah, I did take a shot, but not the kind of shot. But but it, let me tell you, you go to Baltimore, man, they are still... You know, that when the Colts play there, they won't put Colts on the scoreboard. They put Indy or Indianapolis or whatever else. But the Ravens are, as a franchise, though, Eddie, to your point about Baltimore this year going into the year and you're kind of you know intrigued by it, they are one of those franchises that seemingly never falls off, right? I mean, they're, don't you just automatically the, – the, the power of suggestion is so strong in sports. You could literally, Jimmy, you could get stranded on a deserted island for 12 years, and if they put you on a boat and they're sailing you back to the mainland after they rescued you and you say, who won the Super Bowl this year? And they say the Baltimore Ravens. You would immediately go, yeah, that defense is pretty good. Yep. Well, Ray Lewis hasn't been there in ten years. <laughs> Ed Reed is retired and in the Hall of Fame. Those guys aren't. They're not walking through that door. But you just automatically assume every single year that's their mo, right? Yeah. That's just their mo. Is they're nasty and they're 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 going to be tough defensively. 
and and so there and that that whole division's like that. Like you just it's just grind out kind of ugly. There's no sexiness in that division. Uh, well, Cincinnati maybe now. Right. Now. But it took a long time, but yes. It now did it's take there. a long time. But man, that offense. I mean, best receiving core in the league. Miami could probably fight for that, but yeah, I stand I by mean, it. I, T. Higgins alone. Yep. I mean, T. Higgins could be a, probably. I don't know that he has the separation speed to be a one at most places, but in terms of just overall reliable possession, not, he's better than a possession receiver. But you know, he doesn't have breakaway speed. But man, he will catch anything that's in traffic, and he, he you know. And then you throw Chase into the equation. I mean, that guy came out of the NFL womb and was yes. a great player. Absolutely had, great player. We had Matt Verderam on last week, and you know, he mentioned the same thing about T. Higgins. Like, maybe he's not a wide receiver one, but he's going to get paid like one Correct. if he wants to. What did he, he say, 30? Yeah. He thought he'd get 30, right? Yeah. Big time money. Uh, Stephen Holder is the number one. He's actually going to join us next. It is Query and Company, 93.5-1075, the fan. So here's my question for you, Eddie Garrison, as the CEO of the company. And again, the company involves just once and once, just once, Mm -hmm. I want somebody to come up to me. And several people have texted me because I give my number out on the air. See, at 523-9288. That's my cell phone number. 317? 317 area code, 523-9288. And I enjoy interacting with people when they text me. It's hard when we're, when we're on the air, obviously. But um, people have texted me to say they're they're in the company, which is always enjoyable. I want people to say I'm part of the company because the company should be, aside from the two of you as the board officers, the company is everybody listening to the program. So the question then becomes, um, Stephen Holder, as a regular contributor of this show, Eddie, you are the CEO. What what position do we nominate for Stephen Holder within the company? Oh. Shareholder? Yes. Okay. Yes. Constituent? Yeah. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com, who joins us to talk about the Colts as a shareholder of the company. Is that fair with you, Stephen? Well, now I have a question. What are these shares worth? <laughs> well, that's what are we the, talking about here? You get to see Twiggy so, in a couple listen, weeks. I had, I had equity in The Athletic when it started, uh, when I used to work there, which was pretty cool. And then I realized how Silicon Valley works. Like, everybody has equity. <laughs> and so okay. when the company got sold, I was like, so what's this worth? And then I found out, and I was like, oh. Right, how about okay. this? How about this? The shareholding, the shareholding property of the company here that you get, Stephen, is the occasional possibility of uh, completely random and last-minute Pacer invites. You know that is that is definitely worth something. I mean, listen, <laughs> that listen that goes that can go a long way. I mean, depending on on the fortunes of the team, right? So let's uh, let's roll with it. I'm good. Okay, so let me ask you this, Stephen. Let's say that it is early November, and I call you up and I go, "Hey, got an extra ticket to the game tonight. Pacers are taking on the Timberwolves. You want to come?" And so we go to the game and we're sitting there. At that point, when I'm talking to you, I'm saying to you, so. What is your assessment of Anthony Richardson? Will we in any way, shape, or form in November have any more idea what he is than what he is going to show us coming up here? In other words, how long a window is it before we definitively know what the Colts have? Well, I don't think you'll definitively know, but I think you'll have an idea. I think that's really what this whole year is about. This whole year, including from the Colts' perspective, this whole year is about learning who they are, who Anthony Richardson is in particular, 
and and where all of that is taking them. So I, it's my, it's it's my, uh, I guess, prediction that I think we'll feel pretty good about him. That doesn't mean it's going to be pretty. I'm not telling you that. I don't think it will be. But I think we'll, <clears throat> excuse me. I think we'll see the flashes. He is definitely going to be a guy who reminds you, in my opinion, reminds you from time to time just what he's capable of. The question is going to be what comes in between those flashes. Is it going to be just a complete mess? Is it going to be just you know some consistency or you know improving consistency? Those kinds of things. That's that's going to be the question. But he's going to show you the flashes, and you are going to. You know, it's, it might be enough for people to to latch on to him and say, all right, you know what, I'm willing to be patient. I actually think it could be. That's what I anticipate from him. There, there's going to be a lot there to like, I think. Steven, I asked Mike Chappell this question earlier in the week, and I want to get your perspective on it as well. There's a feeling, at least when I look at this team and I look at Chris Bauer's position, that his hot seat, maybe not from the fan base, but from Jim Irsay, was semi-reset when they drafted Anthony Richardson and brought in Shane Steichen, and he's going to have an opportunity to rebuild things and reconstruct around this roster. That Critics have pointed the flaws in the roster the last couple of years, the shortcomings that are there, and there's present shortcomings as well going into this campaign. Is there a world where the roster struggles so much outside of Anthony Richardson, like the, the roster underperforms to a point that that trust is broken? To the point that you think, mm. do I really want to have Chris Ballard build around who I think is the future face of the franchise and Anthony Richardson? I think you're asking the right question. Um, the answer is tricky because I do agree with you that that there was kind of a reset, uh, and that's just kind of what happens with rookie quarterbacks. I mean, you you don't get to you don't hire or excuse me you don't draft a, a quarterback and then have high expectations immediately. So so the expectations are are tempered just by virtue of having that rookie quarterback and if you're on the proverbial hot seat that kind of gives you a reprieve. So I think all of that's true. Um, that being said, I, I, I do think that there is there are some fair questions to ask about about the, the, the nature of this roster and where it's at right now. I I think it's kind of disappointing. It feels kind of disappointing that that there's not more optimism about this roster. You know, as someone pointed out to me recently, I mean, it is year seven, and it, it doesn't feel like this is one of Chris Ballard's better roster-building attempts. <laughs> and I don't know how he got there. I don't know if there's some intentionality behind that where, you know, this is – the more I look at it, the more I feel like it's a rebuild that they just won't cop to. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of depends on, on – Going back to Jim Mersey and, and his perception of this, it kind of depends on on how Jim Mersey sees this. And from my conversations with him, I don't think he has particularly high expectations this year either. So I don't I don't think there's necessarily a, a world where Chris Bowder gets fired this year. You know, but I do think the clock is ticking. I I think that is true. The clock is ticking, and at some point. You have to show the trajectory. I think by the end of this season, frankly, there has to be a trajectory in the right direction. It doesn't mean they have to win more games than they won last year. Granted, they only won four. But I think they're, you'll just know when you see it. You can tell from, a, from looking at a team what the team's trajectory is. And 
That has to change. That trajectory has to change this year. Not next year. It has to change this year. Stephen, I've mentioned this before, but one of the, I'll say for lack of a better phrase, one of the brilliances of Chris Ballard or fortunes for him, even though the roster is not very good, even though that doesn't have a lot of depth in a lot of positions, even though they won four games a year ago, his word's not mine, he's bought himself at least three more years, right? Because you can't jettison him without knowing exactly in totality what you have around Anthony Richardson, correct? Well, it's it, part of that is I don't think that was necessarily the reason for drafting Anthony Richardson. No, I, I agree with that, yeah. but I'm just saying, yeah. you know. No, no, it's true. Just the nature of the NFL is – you know, the, the, when you are an executive, you're judged by two things, the coaches you hire and the quarterbacks you bring in or acquire. And so, obviously, those things lead to wins, which is the ultimate arbiter, right? It's just how many games you win. But, but ultimately, in terms of your decision-making, you're, you're judged in those two respects. Who did you hire to be the head coach? Is he is a good coach or is he a, is he a clown, <laughs> right? And then secondly, how's your quarterback work out? I mean, that's basically the checklist, man. So I I do agree that I don't know if it's three years. I think that's the question. How long is it? I think it's at least two for sure this year and next year. And I think then it gets back to the tra- trajectory that I was talking about. But I mean, we saw this in Chicago. I, I think when you talk about head coach hiring and and quarterback. Uh, you know, drafting a quarterback. I mean, it, it bought them time in the previous regime there. So, yeah, I think that's that's generally true. I don't disagree with you. When it comes to this game, Stephen Holder, ESPN.com, is our guest. When it comes to the game Sunday against Jacksonville, do you believe the Colts, from an offensive standpoint schematically, Stephen, prefer to come up with a game plan that exploits areas of weakness for Jacksonville? or comes up with a game plan that, for now, most kid gloves, and I I say that affectionately, not in a bad way, what Anthony Richardson can and cannot do and slowly brings him along as opposed to goes with specifically something for Jacksonville? My answer is is probably none of the above. It's a slightly different answer than either of those two options, and it's they're going to play to Anthony Richardson's strengths is what I think. So I guess maybe that's – falls under the category you you presented you know where you're you're kind of breaking him in slowly it could be that 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 might actually be fair i think what you're doing is you're putting him in position to succeed that's what you have to do and and frankly shane steichen is no idiot i mean he (laughs) he knows this he also is the right guy i think to to do this with this type of quarterback um either you're going to see anthony richardson handle handle the ball and carry the ball actually quite a bit and I was actually my, – my next story that will come out, I believe, tomorrow, uh, talks about Richardson's uh, – just, you know, just the idea of, like, how much they put him in harm's way, right? How much do they have him actually run the ball? And then how does he protect himself? All those things matter a lot. Right? We just talked about how so much of Chris Ballard's fate, for example, re- revolves around the success of this quarterback. And this quarterback matters more than anything. So he does have to – they have to keep him upright. So anyway – the point is, in the course of reporting that story, one of the things that re- was reinforced to me is, do you know what team had, what, what team led the NFL in designed runs by quarterbacks last season? That team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, obviously, that is a product of Jalen Hurts being a very good runner. But Shane Steichen was the play caller. Okay, and look, he had 
that's even more than like Lamar Jackson, more than the Ravens, put it that way. So like, I think you're going to see a lot of that. I mean, it's what worked for Jalen Hurts, who was further along than Anthony Richardson, much further along last year. Anthony Richardson has a longer way to go. So that, but that's one thing we know he can do. We know he can carry the football, and at least, at least they know that that can at least put, you know, put the defense on the on their heels a little bit. And I think it's something they're going to lean into. I would. So that's what I think you're going to see. You know, things like the uh, the design runs, you know, options, read options, RPOs, all of it. I mean, that is going to be the core of their offense. I think for the time being, and it's those are the things that Anthony Richardson is most comfortable in. Stephen Holder with us, covers the Colts for ESPN.com. Stephen, you'll have to forgive me, but we've put a moratorium on talking about, by name, the specific running back. Twiggy. Well, I was going to explain that, right? So we've been uh, co-opting instead uh, Twiggy the Water Skiing Squirrel (laughs) for reference to the running back that shall not be named. So from your reporting at this juncture, is it still hard stance, Twiggy will not be moved, or is there any movement yet on conversations still being had about trading him i don't believe you should close the door on jonathan taylor being traded that that is i don't think the door has been closed uh, i'm sorry on, on who steven <laughs> on, on who being traded uh, you just gave me the rules and i'm oh my god <laughs> i'm sorry we, we just took away two of your shares <laughs> <laughs> twiggy twiggy oh, so that's how this is gonna work i see okay <laughs> yeah uh, no so the, the the running back who shall not be named, and I, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Um, anyhow, that guy. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> that's terrible. Anyway, I don't think you can close the door on it. Uh, does Jonathan the the the, the 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 guy the guy the guy does Twiggy. he does he still does he still want to be traded? I mean, if it's going to get him what he wants, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, and we and we know what he wants. Now here's here's what I'd say. You haven't seen this running back who shall not be named lately. And my understanding is the reason for that is uh, he has come in the building and, and done his rehab in mornings, and then uh, they go their separate ways. And so it's like it's like a couple who's uh, trying to figure out their next step, but they're still living in the same house, I suppose, you know. Um, you know, will they reconcile? Will they, you know, will somebody file the papers? I don't know. I don't know where this thing is going. But anyhow. That is where things are at, and I don't think there's been any movement in terms of, of stances changing or uh, any of that since uh, since last week. You know, when when we had that uh, deadline pass, you know, the so-called deadline um, for the trade. Stephen, what do we expect to see out of Shaquille Leonard? He's out of protocol now. Mm. Um, I thought, honestly, and you watched with a more nuanced eye than I, but I, I thought he, for the most part, had a pretty good camp, at least started to show you know, what we expect to see out of him. But what do we anticipate seeing from him coming up Sunday? This is one of the stories we, we probably haven't talked about enough because I think if, if Shaquille Leonard gets back to being Shaquille Leonard, that's a game changer. That is a big game changer for the Colts because – I mean, the last time he was even a shell of himself, which I think was two years ago, he was definitely not 100%, if you recall, in 2021. But, I mean, he single-handedly was wrecking games 
just by taking the ball away. So so imagine if he gets his legs up under him again and he gets his speed back, which he absolutely did not have in the, the minimal time he played last year. Anyway, what do we expect? I think the expectations should be tempered, at least initially. And, and the reason I say that is because I think Shaquille's expectations are tempered. And we talked to him today, and, and he was certainly not robust in predicting or – you know that that he would be the same guy right away. He definitely did not suggest that. He he seemed to suggest that he's starting to see shades of the guy he used to be, but he kind of admitted that he's not there yet. And so, if he's admitting that, then I think he probably still has a good ways to go. You know, if he's at least acknowledging that. So, I don't think it's going to be immediate. But the one thing I'd say is his presence matters. He does have a presence that that almost no one else on that on that team can, can bring to the huddle. And, and that matters a lot when he's out there, that is contagious. So I think that helps. And then also he's a very, very, very ex- instinctive player. And that is why you saw in 2021, you saw him still have the impact that he was able to have despite being clearly and obviously hampered by his injury. So I, I would agree with you though. I do think you saw him blend in a little more this camp, than, than we saw him when he played last year. Last year when he played, he stuck out like a sore thumb, and, and honestly, it doesn't bring me any joy to say this, but you, you watched him play, and you were like, I don't know if he should be out there. I never said that in this camp. He looked like he belonged, and I think the question now is, can he find that next gear? Can he be that elite player again? I do not know that answer, and I don't think he knows that answer yet. Uh, this from Teddy and Anderson. Jake, I'm part of the company. I really enjoy the show, and I'm loving the interview with Stephen Holder today and always. Let's go. Uh, so, Anderson, so we've expanded now to the Donut County, Stephen. Company's just growing and growing. Well, th- I don't like that, though, because they're taking my shares. Okay, No, no. Your shares are increasing in value because now they have value in more than just Marion County. Oh, okay. So, so you're a spin doctor. Okay, I got you. Yeah, of course. That's right. <laughs> Somebody did say you should be in charge of media relations. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Listen, you know what? I would I would absolutely be qualified for that. But um, listen, I, I would tell you, you know, when you go do this, uh, when you go look for seed money, that's what we got to do next. We got to go get some seed money <laughs> and uh, and get these investors to, to, you know, I can sell them. I, I tell you what, I can get in the room and I can I can put on a sales job. Let's go get. <laughs> let's hear the pitch. I love it, listen, man. Man, listen, let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> I, I love it. I like where this is going. I, I need a second career, so I love it. Stephen, the best part of media relations for this company is outside of this station, we're the only media that knows it exists. So it <laughs> it should be a pretty easy job. Not a lot of requests you've got to wade through. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. Listen, I've been uh, I haven't had a real job uh, in a long time. I so lost all connection here, Jimmy. You got to talk. I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not right, kidding. I'll, 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 I'll throw one more real quick, Steve. Do, Danny, do I have time for one more? No? Okay. All right. Well, Steven, uh, I'm looking forward to us having weekly conversations with you, and I am glad that you're able to take on this second line of work with us here on Query & Company. Welcome to the company. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks for thanks for hiring me. It's, it's a lifelong dream. <laughs> We're glad to have you on board. That's Stephen Holder. I can't hear anything. Is he saying anything nice? I can't hear a thing. He said he's glad to be a part of the company. Lifelong dream. Well, we're, we're happy to have you, Stephen. I don't know if you can still hear me, but I'm happy to have you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, as always, Stephen. We'll take a quick break. More querying company after this. I'm going to put on my FBI hat and put out an all-point bulletin I need to know who this is. Maybe I'm late to this party. 
but it was just sent to me. Have you seen this video from, I think it's the IU Barstool page, of what appears to be a woman around my age, like just laying haymakers and swinging on what looks to be like a 14-year-old girl? I did. I did see that video. What are we doing here? Like, this video, and I... This is at the Barstool IU Twitter account. It is from the Indiana tailgate, presumably this Saturday, where a woman who looks to be the age of the parent of a student is screaming at two younger what look to be IU students or even younger. I mean, one of the girls looks – I don't want to like make false accusations here, but clearly younger than, than the – the adult woman, I guess they're all adults, technically speaking. Sure. Um, I don't know if alcohol is a factor, but she's like w- literally like punching. Like I, it's a full brawl, basically. It's a brawl, right? It's a it's a it's a cat fight brawl at the IU tailgate. Now, this is probably unpopular opinion. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form. I'm not even going to opine on whether I think it's odd, weird, normal, whatever. Okay. When I was in college, it was a long time ago, but when I was in college, when my parents, the few times that my parents did come down to visit me, and you know, maybe I should take note there, right? It was always the same thing. And this was common for most people when I was in college. It was, my parents are coming down on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. They come down, we would go to like Mustard's or Arnie's or whatever. I, I, I can't remember if it wasn't Arnie's, but I can't remember the salad place in Bloomington. But we'd go to lunch or maybe even a dinner. And my parents would say, like, hey, if your roommate's around or if, you know, somebody else is there, obviously they're they're more than welcome to come. And we would go to dinner. And then after that, it usually was, do you need to go to Walmart or Target and get a couple of toiletries or, you know, maybe groceries? Maybe some grocery items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. grocery items. Sure. And then they'd hang around for an hour or so, and it was like, okay, well, you know, give us a call on Sunday night and let us know how everything's going. And like now, literally, it's like my kid goes to IU, so I'm going down there and and spending every Saturday. That's fine, I I, I guess. I just that wasn't common when I was in school that I can recall. But the tailgate culture is a big part of IU now. Yes, that's all well and good, but but I, I don't know that starting brawls is part of the equation, right? This is also missing the point, but. I don't like fan on fan crime. Like if that if that <laughs> so that would have been, been okay if it was an Ohio State I, I fan. Would, I would have been able okay. to to stomach it a little bit better. And I realize that's missing the point of you fighting see, as bad all the way across well, the board. That, but that's what it appears like it's thing. IU versus IU. Here's the thing: How do you know it's IU versus IU? She, the one lady isn't wearing an, any IU gear. She's not, but she's not wearing any Ohio State gear. Either. I know she could. She could be a, a third party. I, she. Well, I need to know what happened interest. here. I need somebody to call in. Somebody. There's got to be somebody in the company that was there. I need somebody to call in and let me know what's going on with this situation. How far down 37 have we expanded? Do we know that Well, we that's the problem. Is So far, we have moved our way up into uh, Madison County, but I don't know yet. That, do we have anybody from Monroe County in the company? Do we know? I have a sister who's in Monroe County. Really? Yeah. Does she know what you do for a living? She does. Does she know that you're CEO now? Have she does her? not. Have you, have you, said, have have you, you updated the family your LinkedIn, LinkedIn bio? I haven't, yeah, exactly, yet. Yeah. I haven't yet. You know, LinkedIn's just tender for businesses. That's all that is. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> That's what that is, right? Yeah. All right, so if anybody knows who this is, then uh, I absolutely want to know about it. Maybe we'll ask Matt Taylor next if he knows who this woman is, Lane Haymakers. Two o'clock hour underway. Jake Quarry along with Eddie Garrison, Jimmy Cook. Upcoming, by the way, uh, tomorrow, right about right now, uh, I will be handing it over to Jimmy and Eddie to carry us home for the final hour on Friday 
because I'll be headed to the airport for the IndyCar season finale at Laguna Seca. But the racing does not end at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We've got tickets for you right now for the WeatherTech Sport Car Championship. That's the TireRack.com uh, IMSA event that's taking place at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on September 17th. So if you want to see sports cars on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Basically, an all-day affair out at the Speedway. We have a pair of tickets for you right now. Caller number 5 at 239-1070. And you are on your way to thetirerack.com. Again, Battle at the Brickyard, September 17th at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, IMS.com for all of your ticket needs, by the way, if you are interested in partaking in that event. Joining us now on the hotline, as he does, brought to you by Shelby Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. Matt Taylor is the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. He also is an honorary board member of the company that Stephen Holder is also in, and Eddie Garrison is the CEO. Jimmy, we decided you are what? President of the company? Is that right? That's what I got. Okay. Yep. And all of the listeners, of course, company members, they are the company themselves. Matt Taylor joins us. Matt, you ready for week one? It's here. It's here. It's here. I'm ready. I'm ready for my new job title within this company. I'm also wondering, what, what caller am I? Well, unfortunately, you were already on hold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that shouldn't matter. I was here the whole time. It's a false start, Matt. Sorry. (laughs) You should be awarded for being caller number one, but unfortunately, (laughs) company board members are ineligible. How's that? Well, that's that's terrible. I mean, I mean, just just because I'm I'm in house doesn't mean I have to suffer. I mean, I should be eligible for prizes right, like everybody Matt, else. Matt, this will stun you, but our company doesn't yet have an HR department, so, <laughs> so we don't know who to tell you to complain to. Um, Thank God for that. That's man. right. Hey, I'm going to begin with this. I, I we were talking about this earlier, but I'm curious of this, and I want your thought in terms of this game with Jacksonville, and I hope this question makes sense. How much do you think, as the Colts are looking at Jacksonville defensively and coming up with an offensive game plan, how much of the offensive game plan that they come up with do you think is directly designed to try to take advantage of what Jacksonville may offer? And how much of that is, look, we can't worry about that right now with Anthony Richardson under center because we've got to start getting him comfortable and designing things for him regardless of scheme that we are seeing? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, I think – I honestly think that, that, you know, in that regard, Anthony Richardson is is much further along – than what people think or what people give him credit for. I mean, it's understandable, right? Because he's a rookie. He's 21 years old. He's never played in an NFL game. But this guy's smart, man, and he's he's very sophisticated. And I think he's much further along in being able to interpret NFL defenses um, than than people think. Um, now, obviously, you know we're, we're going to find out. I mean, the proof is going to be in the pudding on Sunday. But I, I think you know inevitably on Sunday afternoon. You know, there's going to be some things that the Jaguars throw his way that maybe he wasn't, you know, 100% anticipating, or maybe he didn't see on the field a whole lot last year, or maybe he didn't see from the Jaguars, that is, or maybe he didn't see in college football, you know, at Florida last year in those 13 games. That's going to happen. I mean, that, that happens, you know, that happens every week, you know, to veteran quarterbacks. I mean, with the exceptions being, you know, Tom Brady back in the day and, Peyton Manning back in the day, those those guys saw everything. Same thing with Drew Brees and so on and so forth. But, you know, in, until he gets, you know, five, seven years in the league, there, there's going to be some wrinkles that he's going to have to deal with in real time. 
And I think that's just when his natural abilities and his just overall skill talent takes over. You know, like when it's when it's time to make a play on third down, I got to figure this out. And I'm at, at times I'm speaking, you know, as if I'm Anthony Richardson. I'm the best player on the field. I can just go out there and make a play because I'm more athletic than a lot of people. So, um, you know, I, I don't think the Colts are shying away or they're they're scared to put some game specific things on Richardson's plate this week that are directly, um, you know, in correlation to what Jacksonville does and does not do on defense. So uh, I'm very excited to see just how much of the Colts offense we haven't seen to this point because they've been holding back like every team in the preseason versus how much game-specific stuff they're going to do just in this game because of what, you know, Jacksonville's weaknesses are on defense. You know, last year and that second game against the Jaguars at Lucas Oil Stadium, the Colts aired it out. Jacksonville was really good against the run in that first game, and so the Colts, instead of, you know, trying to bang their head against the wall, they they took to the air, I think, almost uh, maybe 60 times in that game with Matt Ryan back in week six, which feels like 100 years ago, but, you know, they scored 34 points last year. Alec Pierce had a big game. Michael Pittman Jr. had the best game of his career. He had a career-high 13 catches for 134 yards, and they didn't try to run the ball on first and second down a whole lot. Deion Jackson got involved in the passing game. So I'm just curious to see what the game plan looks like with Richardson and his natural abilities versus you know what, what, what is specific to just trying to beat Jacksonville that given day on Sunday. Matt, which group has the most pressure or, or biggest need to take a leap forward or return to form this year? Is it the offensive line? Is it the wide receiver room where you can point to guys like Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr.? Pierce wanting a leap forward in year two. Michael Pittman Jr., another leap given now that he has hopefully stability at the quarterback position. Is it the tight end room where there's no clear tight end number one or uh, another, if you want to throw that out there, where there's the most need for a leap or need to prove themselves going into this week one matchup against the Jags. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, unfortunately with, with this team, there's so much newness and, and fresh faces. It kind of, you know, to answer that question just kind of depends on, you know, the week in which you're in. So, so you know, I think big picture, it's probably the offensive line considering they took a step back last year in the running game and those 60 sacks. I mean, we've talked about that ad nauseum. I'm very confident that they're going to be able to do that. I think they have four very much above-average offensive linemen within that starting O-line group with Bernard Ryman taking that next step. But I think to answer your question specifically for this week, this game, you know, we, we all have lingering questions about this team. For me, going into week one, when you're playing a team like Jacksonville with so many great weapons and a great quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, to me it's, it's the pass rush. It's the defensive line. And, you know, last year it was, a, it was a good number in totality with the sacks, right? They had 44 sacks last season, which was, I think, the second most in franchise history, most they racked up as a team since 2005. All good. But were they the most impactful sacks, right? Did they come at the, the most opportunistic times where they're changing the game? Did they come in the fourth quarter? Did they lead the turnovers? And I don't think they did. And – you know, with Gus Bradley in this defense historically, you know, kind of like Matt Eberflus, they, they don't like to blitz a ton. You know, they want to organically, if you will, get some pressure with their front four, with their defensive ends. I think they're pretty set at defensive tackle. There's no question about that with Buckner and Grover Stewart. 
but it's it's a huge year for Quiddy Pay. It's a huge year for Dio Adengbo. Can you get some consistency in the rush and the passing game uh, on the edge from Samson Ebicom, who they brought in in free agency? I think you got to get some pressure in this game on Trevor Lawrence. You cannot let him sit back there and just get comfortable. We've seen that. Trevor Lawrence in four games against the Colts in his first two years is completing 70% of his passes. You know, last game, I think it was like 20 for 22. You know, they lost that game. The Jaguars did, but he was just, I mean, he was so ultra efficient in the passing game. Um, He's been over 70% in three of four games against the Colts, completion percentage-wise. So you just can't let that happen where he's able to just throw to those bevy of receivers like Ridley and and Jones and um, Christian Kirk and ETN. You just can't let him you know, dictate the, 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 you know, the, the offense when they've got the ball. And that pass rush has to help the secondary that is so new, so fresh with Flowers back there and Daryl Baker Jr. So I think the, the unit that has the most to prove and the Colts need it to take a big step forward is the pass rush with those third-year players that the Colts are counting on big time with a dang bow and quitty pay. Hey, Matt, in terms of Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, is our guest. He, of course, uh, the conversation brought to you by Shelby Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. In terms of Shane Steichen, uh, you know, and we're only 60% the way through it, so maybe it's too early to know this, but just in game week and the procedures that go into the game week and building up to the game on Sunday – how is Shane Steichen alike or different? I guess how is it different in any way, shape, or form than what we have seen in the past? And by that, I just mean, does he go about the, the routines, the, the, the manners of getting the team prepared procedurally over the course of the week than what these guys have been used to? Yeah, I think with, with most NFL teams, I think, for lack of a better term, the NFL game week is pretty standard with all the 32 teams in the sense that, you know, Monday after a game is going to be kind of a come in, watch the film and lift and kind of get all the the toxins out of your body from the day before Tuesday, for the most part, is going to be a player's day off. Obviously guys can still come in and watch film and get treatment and things like that. Wednesday is the big heavy install day. um, First and second down in practice. Thursday is typically your, you know, your kind of your, your blitz uh, and your situational football day, you know, third down, blitz pickup, red zone. And then Friday is kind of the lightest day in terms of the workload. But, you, again, you're working more on situational ball. So I think in that sense it's it's kind of like it was in years past with when, you know, when, when Chuck Pagano was here or Frank Reich was here up until last year. Um, that's a really good question, though. I mean, I think, you know, I think just generally speaking within his personality, you know, Shane's – you guys know he's not a talker. He he doesn't he doesn't probably love talking with the media. You know, it's it's part of the job, it's part of the responsibility. But I will tell you, like when, it, when he gets in this element, like the other day, I was kind of joking internally, you know, because we were kind of like listening to the press conference. We were cutting up some sound, uh, you know, from for you know sound bites for other things. You know, he had a 54-second soundbite the other day when he was asked about what he sees in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he's probably done 20 press conferences now, you know, from the time he was hired until, you know, this week. I can't remember a time where he's gone 54 seconds on a soundbite, but the question was a football question, right? It was a kind of a tactful football X's and O's, 
you know, schematic question, and that's that's him, man. Like that's when he gets in his element. He starts picking up the intensity in his voice, the passion in his voice. I mean, someone just asked him a basic, what do you see in the Jaguars? What stands out? And he just rattled off everything that he knew about the team, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a conscious stream of thought uh, right on the spot. So, I mean, you can tell this guy's very, very intelligent. And I think a storyline going into this game on Sunday is how is he going to be able to balance all of the game management stuff, plus being the head coach, plus being kind of the – you know, co-offensive coordinator, if you will, with Jim Bob Cooter, Colin plays. Like, that's a game of chess in your brain for three and a half hours. Just thinking about all that stuff makes my head hurt. But, you know, Shane Steichen is a very brilliant guy, a very, you know, football, high IQ, intelligent man. And so from that standpoint, I'm excited to see what it looks like on Sunday. He's had those three practice games or tune-up games in the preseason to get ready for it. But he's taken on a lot of responsibility, but I think he's ready for it. I think he can handle it. Matt, do you think any one player for the Colts on Sunday gets more than 12 carries? Oh, I don't. No, I don't. And we were talking about that again today. I mean, if you look at, you know, Richardson last year in college, he was averaging about eight, eight and a half carries per game. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders wasn't getting 12 carries a game last year. I mean, the the running attack for the Eagles the last two years under Shane Steichen I mean, when you when you add it up in totality, it was about 5,000 rushing yards in 21 and 22 combined. I think in 21, they finished first in rushing. Last year, they were a top five unit, and it was by committee. Now, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be the running game for the Colts. It's not going to be nearly as dynamic as it would be if they had Jonathan Taylor, right? That, that goes without saying. But I think it's going to be fine. I really do. I mean, Deion Jackson, Evan Hole, Zach Moss. Zach Moss last year, I mean – when, when Taylor went out of the line of the last four games of the season, Zach Moss ran for over 300 yards and almost five yards per carry and had a 100-yard rushing performance in Week 18. I think it's going to be okay. Now, is it, again, is it going to be as good, you know, if, if Taylor were in there? No, of course not. But, you know, even, even the Eagles last year, they were by committee. You know, Miles Sanders isn't going to be confused as one of the best running backs in the game. Is he good? Yeah, he's good. But he's not Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley good. And Jalen Hurts had 760 rushing yards last year. You know, I, I think you're going to see five, six, maybe seven design runs by Anthony Richardson on Sunday. But I don't think you're going to see anybody early on emerge as, you know, a bell cow running back that would sniff 18 to 20 carries like Jonathan Taylor did when he was you know out of this world in 2021. Voice the Colts, Matt Taylor with us. Brought to you by Shelby Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. Mate, do you envision a pitch count for Shaq Leonard this weekend? And regardless of, of that answer, where should expectations be from fans for his return to the field? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, he was asked that today. He said he didn't know the answer to that. That's up to the coaches. That's up to their determination on you know where they think he is health wise. You know how much can he still impact the game and you know, it's almost it's almost like, you know, when Shaq Leonard's healthy, it's almost like he doesn't even play a position. I know that sounds stupid, but it's like he's just out there hunting the ball. And, you know, obviously he's got, you know, responsibilities and he's got reads and keys like that. But he's, he's just like a different player, uh, unlike anybody we, we've really seen in the NFL. He's just hunting the ball, has this knack for being able to take it away. And 
that's the biggest question mark surrounding him on Sunday. I mean, he still has to clear the concussion protocol. Yesterday, he trended in the right direction, practice in full, wasn't wearing the red no-contact jersey in practice. Um, but when he's out there, I mean, he only played 74 snaps last year, and he missed 14 games. And it's just a big question, Mark, on you know, – what are we going to see? How how close to the Leonard of 2018 and 2019 is he going to be when he's out there? And does he need to be on a pitch count? How much of EJ speed are we going to be? The, are we going to see that these are all a lot of questions going into this game? And I don't think we're going to have the answers to them until about four four thirty coming up on Sunday afternoon. But I do know this. I mean, if if Shaq is out there to if he's available to play it will mean that he's 110% health-wise and is able to play. He's not going to be out there considering all that he's been through. I mean, he admitted that came back too early last year, wasn't the same player, kind of raised his hand and said, I was kind of a liability. I hated watching myself on film when I was out there. I hated seeing how slow I was and the reactionary you know, timing just wasn't the same. And that's all understandable. So, you know, he told himself, I'm not going to play until I'm able to kind of be the same player. So it's exciting in that regard, but they need his takeaway ability um, within that defense. There's no doubt about it. They need the defense to uphold their end of the bargain for the offense, and they need those takeaways like they had in 2021. Okay, so Matt, I've got this written down here. I'm doing a little pie chart. So we've got the query and company, okay? And I decided that the, the company – technically speaking, is all of the people that listen to this show. And my goal in life now is for somebody to stop me on the street and go, hey, I'm part of the company. I want people to feel like they're part of the deal, right? That That's the whole MO. So then... You're like the, you're like the Packers of Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> that's exactly right. Buy your... So, and, and here's the thing. Um, Stephen Holder is chief shareholder, right? We, we decided that. And then Eddie is the CEO. Jimmy, we decided you're president. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Uh, I've decided, Matt, you are company spokesperson. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can PR with the best of them, man. I can spin anything. Well, Stephen initially said that he wanted to be media relations, but I told him the only problem with that is outside of this show, no media knows we exist. So, <laughs> so that there's not that much that you, that's like being literally like a fireman in an all brick town, right? There's not much to do there. So, <laughs> we'll just make you spokesperson, and then when something happens, I'll I'll give you a call and you speak on our behalf. That's it. I'll I'll just be damage control, kind of fighting your. I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll fight your battles as soon as you guys get an yeah. HR department. I'll go to war for you. <laughs> That's right. That HR department is the next thing, that, and that actually scares me. I, I try to avoid the HR that department. Probably should have been the first thing we. No, the HR department yeah. will be the last thing that we bring in because they're usually the first one to tell you when you're gone, right? That's so we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they kind of bring the fun level down about fifty percent. No the doubt. HR department always wants you to bring your playbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to, we need to see that iPad on our desk about four o'clock this afternoon. Right? Yep, I've got that <laughs> phone call a few times. Uh, Matt, enjoy. Uh, you're back in your element coming up on Sunday, Colts and Jags. I know it'll be a lot of fun, and certainly look forward to listening to it and then talking to you about it next week. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's gosh, it's been nine months since a uh, a meaningful regular season game. Seems like even longer than that. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Looking forward to our our Thursday conversation, guys. All right, appreciate it. Matt Taylor, again, uh, joining us here as the spokesperson, but more importantly, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. We're getting close to the Indian directory wall here in the studio. Oh, yeah. All the positions labeled. But this is the most important thing. 
Like for example, I when just when we get business cards. When's the mission statement come out? Oh, that's the mission. The mission statement. Our key values, our core beliefs. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. Can I carry on the mission statement from my last show? Sure. Have they carried on that said statement though? That's a good question. My goal on this program is to educate and entertain, not necessarily in that order. Um, actually, probably in that order. Here's the other thing. This and this would, to use a quote from my mom, this would just tickle me pink. If there's one person tonight, one one person listening. Just one. I, I don't need two, just one. One person listening that tonight at dinner, do people still sit down for dinner? Do I do. Like as a, as a family, do I you do. sit down for dinner at night? Okay. Just one person I want to sit down at dinner and say to their significant other or their family or whoever it might be, you know what? Got a new job today. I joined a new company. Oh, really? What's that? I'm part of, uh, I'm one of the members of Query and Company on 93.5107.5. So when I was talking with David uh, Bernauer, who won the IMSA tickets, yep, we have yep, another yep. pair to give away a little bit later. Where'd he go, David? Uh, I congratulated him and said, hey, thanks for being part of the company. He chuckled. <laughs> See, there you go. Well See, done, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> Look, Eddie's got a big grin on his the face. The CEO's in full force. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Man. This is the kind of thing, again, seeing that, that kind of grin on your face, that's what... That that's part of our mission statement, right? Yeah. We can't give you much, but we'll give you a grin. How's that? And tickets, apparently, right? We'll leave you better than you were when you tuned in. Uh, we also can get you a chance, by the way, if you are interested in doing so and getting a headshot and helping out and maybe looking for that new job. You can join the fan on Wednesday, September 20th. That is two weeks from yesterday, from 10 in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon for the Radio 1 Martin University Career Fair, which is supported by Quest Diagnostics. My apologies there. Quest Diagnostics uh, is presenting this all. Get your foot in the door, have your resume reviewed by HR professionals, and you can get a free headshot all September 20th, 10 until 4 at Martin University. Again, put on by Quest Diagnostics. For more details, you can head to 1075thefan.com. Uh, speaking of trucking, by the way, Hey, Jake, I'm also part of the company. However, I've got a lengthy commute for board meetings. I'm a full-time UPS driver from Decatur, Indiana. Can I be head of logistics? Sure. You know, when we start getting the merch rolling through, we'll need somebody to be able to (laughs) deliver and handle all that and, you know, schedule the planning in terms of delivery. Logistics often get overlooked. It's important to have that stabilized. I don't know what logistics means exactly. Just UPS ads once. Just logistics, right? Uh, Hey, Jake, listener Corey here. I'd like to be director of operations for the company. That's a big title, though. Ooh. Yeah, as CEO, Eddie seems to be a little bit uh, I don't know you, territorial. Corey. I feel like we really need to have that HR department solidified. They're, they're key within the hiring process, you know? You want to make sure I think director of ops will be the Dean Mike Chapel. I like that. Uh, well, I don't want to offend Corey. Corey, we're happy to have you in the company, but uh, we're going to need a little, you know, you got to show Three a little references, bit of work here, Corey. Right? Three That's references, right. come on. Please send us your resume. By the way, you mentioned, uh, Jimmy, excellent point. <laughs> we, we could actually look for some HR people at the Quest Diagnostics Job Fair. Yeah, the Radio th- 1 Martin University Career Fair. Like we right? mentioned, Wednesday, September 20th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Radio 1 Martin University Career Fair. Quest Diagnos- Diagnostics supported the event, supporting the event. I thought you were going to co-opt it, perhaps, to yeah. fill some of the roles needed <laughs> on the company. Our HR folks. Well, we need social media, too. We're going yeah, to need that. That is true. Um, you know, to run... And the social media thing, there's always a new platform, right? We need So we need a young person that's going to be yep. ahead of the curve in that regard. Corey, are you young? 
<laughs> By the way, you can't ask those questions. That's why we need That's HR. That's why we need HR. I didn't ask you can't have the CEO ask You can't be an ageist. You're a CEO, for I crying said, out loud. You literally just said we need the someone who is marred. young. I said we need marred. somebody young. I didn't say we got to eliminate people old. That's no, what you said. The company's no. marred in controversy no, Corey, already. We see, we wanted Corey in the company. And I asked Corey if he was young wow. in connection to what you had said. Kind of uh, ugly fast. By the way, Dr. Mottman has chimed in regarding your bet for tonight that I put you in on, Jimmy. You ready? All right. Let me read you the following text exchange with Dr. Mottman. Uh, and for those unfamiliar... Wait, how old is Dr. Mottman? That's important for us before we get it. I'm just I actually I'm just know his exact ma- date of birth. You, you want to know something? For, I'll, I'll tell you something. Funny you mention that. It's right. the same as Jake's. This is, this is a bizarre factoid of life. It is weird to me to think... So Dr. Mottman is the cardiological interventionist. It's either cardiological interventionist or intervention cardiologist. I can't remember which, but I told him if I had that title, I would not only have a business card, I would hand it out to strangers every day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so he is the cardiologist that when I had my Widowmaker heart attack, he was the one that got the unfortunate assignment of working that day. And so he's the one that did the angioplasty to open my heart back up, put the stent in me and keep me alive, basically. And during the process of waiting for the, la- the cardio lab to open up, I'm sitting there and they're trying to get blood thinners in me and, you know, I'm sweating bullets and everything else. And I said to him, are you a football fan? And he said, I am actually. And I said, you're a fan of who? And he said, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. And I said, well, clearly you're from Detroit because why else would anyone be a Detroit Lions fan? And later I said to him, you should take my picture. And he said, why would I take your picture? And I said, because... For the rest of your life, when people ask you to describe what it's like to be a fan of the Detroit Lions, the photo of me right now encapsulates exactly what that yes. is. To a T. Um, but at any rate, he. this is on a, on a more serious note. This has always been bizarre to me. He was my spotter for the 500 a couple of years ago. So I had to ask his date of birth. And so he gave me his date of birth. And I go, okay. And I... I don't know. I, I will just simply say this. There was a significant sporting event that took place. I'm not going to say it because I don't want people to know his date of birth. There was a significant sporting event that took place regarding Indiana basketball at some point and that I was in, I was that I attended, an IU game that I remember watching. And I still have the ticket stub of that event, and I realized, holy cow, I have vivid memory of watching that game, and little did I know at the time and the age when I was watching that Indiana game that somewhere on the other side of the country there was a baby being born that later would be the one that would actually save my life when i was on the brink of death right but anyway he is a lions fan all right so i told him that i nominated him to make a wager with you a noted chiefs fan as tonight the nfl season kicks off the lions and the chiefs it's back and i told him that the two of you are going to wager a six-pack of pbr right sure so I said to him, I texted him and said, I've nominated you for a PBR bet with a co-host who is a Chiefs fan. His reply, what's the bet? For PBR and Lions, I'm always in. So I said, he's a Chiefs fan. I told him, you guys have a six-pack of PBR on the line tonight. He has his response, perfect. I love getting free beer. <laughs> oh, so there you go. Then, right. then, 10 minutes later, he replies, As by the I. way, he replies back, uh, is Kelsey going to play? <laughs> and we don't know the answer to that yet, right? Like no, no, we do not know yet. He's going to go through some more tests, feel things out. 
today and then probably be a game time decision. They did elevate a tight end off the practice squad. so They did, but they have Blake Bell already set up there as well as Noah Gray, who are two on the depth chart in front of that. So that, I mean, yes, that but that would be an insurance to the insurance to the insurance policy if the player they called up winds up playing tonight, I would think. Now, Michael here has sent me his resume, by the way. Uh, wow, this is impressive. He has a 3.3 grade point average from Wabash with a minor in mathematics. They always a, fight. At BA in physics. Yep. That's pretty impressive. Um, I, I got to hand it to Michael for – Michael's probably overqualified for the company, is he not? <laughs> Do we know? <laughs> First, you discriminate people by age, their position. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're the ages, not no, me. No, I, no, I, no, I no, no, clear. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, whoa, you're the one who said we need someone young for social no, media. Let, let me tell you what I think we need in the company. We have Eddie, who went to Decatur Central, correct? Correct. And the University of Indianapolis. Correct. We have Jimmy, who went to Ron Colley. Yes. And the University of Indianapolis? Indiana University. Indiana, that's right. I always get that confused. Sorry. My apologies. I went to North Central and Indiana University, at, at, as well as like seven other schools. But but I think, so now what we need is we need a little west and east side Marion County representation, right? We got, we got the... The southwest and kind of the southeast areas of Indianapolis taken care of, and then the the northeast, if you will. But we need we need buffering on both sides here. I would agree. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, our, our company's already expanded to Madison County, which is yeah. cool. Uh, you said possibly Monroe County, but but you've got to make sure your sister knows what you're doing for work. Right? Yes, yes, I need to make sure she's uh, she's buying into the company. By the way, as president, I feel like it's my obligation to weigh in on things. Jake was merely suggesting we need to inject some youth into the company. Correct. Felt like that is it, correct. When, when yes, Sir was correct. returned to you, one Eddie Garrison, it turned to, well, okay, let's <laughs> let's X out an entire now, age group. Interesting. Interesting here. Okay. Here I have a text from an 812 number, presumably Monroe County area. Jake, I'm with the company. You need a female CFO who is older. Now, this... The, the 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 female aspect is always a plus i mean certainly and and certainly in an executive position we we know in a particular cfo probably better with money than i so that's very appealing the 812 aspect is particularly appealing because we need that south side far south representation we need the stretch into monroe county i'm telling you the company's got growing potential Jake, I grew up on the west side. I went to Ben Davis. I'm a utility worker. Not sure what the company is, but I feel like I'd be perfect for it. We aren't either. <laughs> uh, Matthew St. Thomas says that uh, logistics is their profession. Yeah, Matt, well, Matthew does that in Maine, though, right? Yeah. No, see, if if we get into if the company expands into the lobster business, we're in, we are good to go. Or maple syrup, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Matthew has sent me gift packs from Maine. clam chowder. Matthew also them. says UPS. Uh, as one of the clients. Uh, one of theirs? Mm-hmm. Well, we already got UPS on board for the logistics side, though. I know. This so is why we need Matthew to be right? involved now. Okay. Um, Regional offices are coming soon. I'm I excited. Know. See, I Matthew, told you expansion Matthew was Matthew is always welcome in the company. Matthew is one of the founding members of the company. Jimmy, um, what are you going to do for the game tonight? I'm going to my brother's house. He still hosts watch parties amongst our fellow Chiefs family members. I sent him a text. He's working. So he didn't get back to me. I wanted to know what was going to be on the menu. Because that's usually a signature aspect. My brother Bob, you have epiphanies on thoughts at night. Bob has epiphanies on, on what to make for Chief games. Uh, we've had chili and chiefs as the original starting dish, I think, from when he you know, started things way back in the day, to 
chief steaks to ham and chiefs sandwiches. It's nice. Okay. You know, you go where it goes. So I don't know what's on the menu tonight, but we'll be there. Uh, my nephews will be there. Um, I'm sure so my brother's friends now, will be there. It'll be an exciting time. Did you ever, during the Chiefs runs, are you superstitious at all? Because I am, with Clemson, I definitely was. During Clemson's title runs, I was very superstitious. Wore the same hat for every game, wore the same sweatshirt for every game, etc. In, in certain ways, but I'm not opposed to changing things up. For instance, growing up as a Chiefs fan, it was at the height of the Colts' powers, right? I was always envious of those Colts like, jerseys with the Super Bowl patches on them. I just always thought they looked so cool. Right. And so I told myself, if they ever get there, I want to get one of those. So... I'm not afraid to change it up, for instance, when they've made the Super Bowl, I've bought the jersey with the patch on well, it, and that, I'll wear that. Instead, you have that t-shirt with the stenciled on look, right? The, how much time's in the next a break? A guy at Nike with... Legitimate from, question. How much time's in the next break? Do the math for me on uh, that. So I, I can, believe so I it was like five minutes. Six right. minutes. It's six minutes. All right. All right. Why? Well, no reason. Okay. Um, I'm not saying superstitions are that I'm prone to them. When I was a kid... Indiana had a basketball season where they ended with a very strong finish. They were going to Michigan for a chance to win the Big Ten title. I got a haircut that day, Deeks Barbershop, 62nd and uh, Allisonville back in the day. 459 Barber Lounge would be where I would go today, obviously. Um, But I was such an Indiana fan that I told Deke that I was afraid to get my haircut because Indiana was on a win streak and they had the game that day against Michigan. So I the hair clippings I put into a paper bag so I could take them home with me so that I still had my hair with me. I went to Matt Jackman's house to watch the game. Indiana <laughs> lost 80-52. to 52, And I called my dad at halftime and had him drive the bag of hair to Matt Jackman's house because I thought that's why they were down at the half. And my dad actually said, it's not a terrible idea, and did it. That's amazing. Chili Chiefs dogs tonight, by the way. Oh, really? Brother Bob writes that's, in. That's so fun. There you go. Uh, by the way, caller number, what number are we doing here, Eddie? Uh, I don't know. You pick. Caller number three. If you want to go, by tonight, the way, Jimmy? to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, what's that? I was going to say, what's the spread for tonight's game? I would say, I'm going to guess five, six and a half. It's fluctuated between four and a half and six and a half all week currently. So, yeah, it we'll is... do caller five again. Okay. Yeah, five and a half. The one eight hundred nine with it. Um, four and a half, actually. The WeatherTech Sport Car Championship, by the way, is taking place September 17th at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This is IMSA, which is sports cars. It is fabulous to watch on the road course. You've got an array of different kinds of cars that are out there. It is fabulous racing. And it's an all-day event, September 17th. The Battle on the Bricks from TireRack.com. We have tickets to give away for it. A pair of them for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to caller number five, Eddie said, right? So we will do that. We will let you know who gets them, and we will flush out the show and hand it over to John. We'll do that all next. You're listening to Query and you guys, the company, 93.5, The Fan. By the way, I once flew to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. It was the Peyton Manning Liquored Up Kicker Pro Bowl, and that was pre-iPhone like iPhone days. I mean, you could have like a disc man, I guess, but back then, I don't know if they still do, airplanes used to have their own audio channel. Um where you know you could plug your headset in and the heads and it would, you could listen to songs. That song from Shaggy. No, I'm sorry. I'm um, scent of a um, strength of a woman by Shaggy. That's what it was. Uh, was on loop 
the entire time. <laughs> Six and a half hour flight. Every, anytime you plugged it in, you're like, oh, I wonder where it is in the song now. So by hour four, are you finally unplugged? Or I, how long did you go? I, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was a little much, yes. Um, hey, Jake, I'm in the company. Wondering if I could be the staff photographer. Since it's radio, there shouldn't be anything to do. But it'd be a cool title to add to my resume. Perfect, John. John can come in and take a picture of your fabulous jersey. Indeed, he can. This is the jersey from the first Super Bowl win in the Mahomes era. Got the patch on there. Sprint there. Sprint from the studio to the to garage say. in three minutes. In his non-assigned seconds. parking spot. In my non-assigned parking spot. Is that an authentic jersey? Are those stitched on letters or taped on letters? <laughs> it's an authentic jersey. Wow. Sure. I mean, not like you know how they no, sell two I'm, versions. One is the on field. Well, that's and one what I mean. Is the, I mean, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't mean. I'm saying like no, no, I can't tell not. from here if it's like the super high expensive. It, it one is not the two hundred dollar jersey. It's the ninety nine dollar jersey. Whatever it is on NFL. You know what's com. you know what's fun is you can. Um, my understanding is you can buy those now from China. It takes like two years to get your jersey, but they're like you can. Bucks. You can. Yes, yeah. they're not very expensive. Um, I had somebody else that mentioned. By the way, uh, Amy and Fishers would like to be uh, again in financial planning for the company. So now we've so that I'm good with that. So we got Hamilton County now, right? Uh, Jake, I can cover Carmel, but I'm uh, I'm a little bit younger than you. All right, so we got Hamilton County's covered, right? Well, Jimmy's in the Carmel yeah, area too. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I need to maybe vet who we're bringing on board uh, on the north side of town, but I'm sure it's all good. I give you uh, controlling authority on well, that. Well, here's one automatically, Jake. I'm uh, I'm in the company. My resume is I'm a North Central grad from 86. Right there, boom. Yeah, right. Although, although this person did my pet peeve of putting the apostrophe on the right side of the number. The mm. apostrophe goes on the left because it's yep. replacing the 19. Uh, then to IU for their championship season, I helped liberate a fish from Showalter Fountain and carried it to McNutt. I'm in the liquor business. Well, hell yeah. There you go. Yep. That right there is all you need for the company. Does right? that mean my girlfriend can be in the company? Because she is also a North Central graduate. Is she really? Mm-hmm. Does she know which side to put the apostrophe on correctly? Oh yes. Although hers is replacing a nineteen or a twenty and not a nineteen, right? Uh, she. That's <laughs> true. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, which middle school is your girlfriend? Middle school? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, there's only three. How well do you know your girlfriend, Eddie? I didn't ask her what middle school situation? she went to. She, elementary school. Why does it matter to me what elementary school she I think went you to? You want to know the background of your girlfriend? I know my. I, I know, know she where, went to North Central High School. I know where my girlfriend went to elementary school and high school. Hey, you, where did Shannon go to elementary school? Uh, she went to elementary school in Columbia, South Carolina. So okay. the, the, I'm not sure the name of the school. Eddie, we got bets. <laughs> the Jay Cook plays of the day. This is me. All right, I'm not a f- athlete. This is my. F- this is how I win. Non-football division will take the Yankees on the money line and continue their winning ways over the Detroit Tigers. The rest is all tonight for Thursday Night Football. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions as an anytime touchdown scorer tonight. Also going to take Sky Moore of the Kansas City Chiefs as an anytime touchdown scorer. Patrick Mahomes goes over two and a half touchdown passes tonight. And this is a caveat. If he plays Travis Kelsey as an anytime touchdown scorer. Ooh, two and two boy. yesterday. You're probably right, though. If he plays, you're right. He'll score. It's minus 120 right now, and you would get your bet voided and refunded to you if he does not play. So just keep that in mind. Okay. What's your score prediction tonight? 31-27, Chiefs. That's probably about right what the score will be, somewhere in there, right? I, I think 
listen, Kansas City's the better team, but this is kind of one of those games where, like, would it surprise you at all if Detroit comes out, gets a win, and then, you know what I mean? Typically in these games, the road team are the one that is kind of like the, the underdog team comes in, sneaks, gets a win, and then water finds its level. They're not playing the Cardinals tonight. Right, it's not one of those where you look at it and you say, "Yeah, they're going to cakewalk to it." Right. Like they are going to have to earn it tonight against Detroit. No, it would not be jaw on the floor for me if Detroit wins this evening. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for being in the company. John's up next.